0: You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. And now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Alley and Vlad the Impaler. High Spots and Cheap Pops! We are back finally after a short hiatus. Silicon Steve Alley and Vlad the Impaler on the other side. Impaler, how have you been, my my beautiful soul brother?
1: I've been great, Mr. Valley. I've taken this hiatus to heart. I went to the Himalayas and found my soul and basically am a new and an improved wrestling fan and commentator on the billion-dollar guilty pleasure known as.
0: And Raw wasn't nearly it, it actually was about a three out of 10 opposed to a, you know one out of 10 like it has been so
1: yeah it, it's still it, i i'm i'm amazed okay, okay so at the last that we had a chance to go and have a podcast i think this is now two raws that uh we had and this we'll cover two raws in this because really there's there's not too much positivity and you know, being in the Himalayas, working, walking around with different Sherpas, they try to tell you to be more positive in life, and this is what I'm trying to do. So <laughs> now we have a situation where I can't really be too negative, so I'm going to try to refrain from it. But watching Raw, there's certain things that I just don't understand, um, of course, and maybe it's just over my head. But there are there is one thing that's positive. So should we? I, I'm almost thinking maybe we dabble in the negative, perhaps. And then we'll go to the positive. How about that? Let's go with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could certainly do that. I mean, let, let first let's set this up with raw. And I think it's widely cons- considered that this is the worst month of Raw in the history of a show. I mean, there were four episodes, two, I think, prior to WrestleMania, and then the two after have and they're supposed to be the you know, four of the most interesting ones of the year. And it's just been as abysmal of an episode as episodes as you've ever seen. And yeah. It, it's just the same old crap that makes no sense. And, you know, you can get, and it's just, it, last week was terrible. And we can go, let's, let's go back to last week's Raw. We can get back and then we can kind of catch up on what we've missed. Hello, hold on, Billy. I'm going to, I'll have to edit this out. Then I, I have to pull up the, that's can, all right, pull up the Raw shit. So, all right. So let's set it back to last Monday, April 26th. And the full details we had Mace and T-Bar take on Braun Strowman. And they defeat him via a countout, if we remember what happened. Uh, despite it going to be a tag team match with Drew McTyre, the monster, Among men look to make a statement by going at it alone by himself. And then the two – I guess you'd call them the retribution rejects go off on him. The Scottish Warrior came running out to his aid and set up originally scheduled showdown. And then at the end of it, it looks like Showman Express got rolling, but an inadvertent close line by McIntyre derailed the offensive and resulted in a count-out loss for the unlikely alliance. So there you have it. you got the two biggest dudes – two biggest baby faces in terms of size for the most part going up against retribution to kind of be the minions to the minions to bobby lashley now and you know again we can go off i mean this is just a, a, an absolute disaster they we took bobby lashley absolutely ruined him and I don't know, mason t what, what what are they doing it's the same thing we're talking about <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's still a little bit strange with this. First off, let me shine a spotlight on the the faces of the situation, right? Absolutely. Uh, Strowman just got Strowman just got out of this feud with with uh, Shane McMahon, where basically they had a WrestleMania feud um, that was focused on Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman stupid. You and I have done hours of bits on this thing. It was just ridiculous. We'd mock it. And we couldn't even believe, like, you know, like, God, oh, what is he going to do? Bring up his SAT scores. And lo and behold, and a week and a half, two weeks later, he's shown his. his, his and I. I and you, you think you're you're past it. And now he's interacting with another face is Drew McIntyre. And for the life of me, he is referring to him and almost calling him stupid. Which I'm like, okay, is Drew McIntyre a heel? Is he a face? What is going on here? Even just like the interaction between these two faces. And I'm not expecting them to go and become like a tag team. I'm not expecting a new faction out of these two. It's just a strange interaction. And okay, I get, get it. They both want to be competing for Bobby Lashley's title. And, and really, rightfully so. They should be. I mean, Braun Strowman is the biggest dude on that roster, on that show at this point, next to almost who's had a total of two matches, and um, but after him, it would be Braun, and, you know, he's got enough credibility to go after it by all means, and actually, he's had some decent bouts with, with Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre, he is the chosen one. Uh, he is everything that Vince McMahon dreams of, and he <laughs> definitely has all the tools to go and become something incredible, right? But just the setup of it, man, like what the hell is – you're taking retribution, and I think this is just totally size-based. They break him up, which I'm not crying any, you know, at all, all over. Um, it was a failed experiment.
0: And the and one now, guy that they had, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali is the one guy who had some substance, and they haven't used him since they broke him up.
1: And, and... Right, right. And it's like, you know what, why, like, it would have been wiser even to put Ali with one of these big guys, like Dominic Djokovic. Like, I would have been cool with that even, you know. Um, but, no, let's just get rid of Mustafa, Mustafa Ali and and put uh, T-Bar and Mace together. And and they, they have n- go-away heat, even though uh, Dominic Dijokovic has a, a good amount of potential. Could be something you work with. The other dude is very green. Uh, it's obvious. He is just not good. He needs more time. Now, he should be in NXT, truly. Like, yeah. Have them trying to put them over, if you will, for whatever reason. And then they are alluding to whether or not, and it, like, is he with Lashley? Are they not with Lashley? They're helping them. It's some sort of morbid cliffhanger that nobody gives a crap about. Yeah. And, and, the, and then there's, those guys are so tough. That Strowman and and uh, McIntyre actually were DQ'd by beating them up with their own masks. It's not like their masks were made with Kevlar. <clears throat> they, they weren't made of barbed wire. They got beaten up with cloth and were basically. I, I just I was I was I couldn't believe it. Like how are you putting these guys over? So okay, this is one way to unmask them. Then they show up the next week and they have a half-assed face paint on. Still trying to hide their <laughs> hide their identity. Literally, it's three stripes of paint going down their face, basically. And this is how they're evolving. It's a, a true waste of time. And I know they're gonna interject, they're gonna inject them into the tag team scene. Vince doesn't give a crap about that. And we're gonna have to deal with them. They're gonna be, I don't know, hired guns of Bobby Lashley. I mean, at this point, they're dragging. He ruined Shelton Benjamin and, and Cedric Alexander together where it's inexplicable. Like you had something really nice and organic there and they just really just spoiled the hell out of it and went the god it just went topsy turvy upside down and I, I don't know who was on a bender and made this decision but it's really bad. So yeah this this whole this whole feud Mr. Valley is garbage
0: yeah i it just doesn't i don't care about any of these characters involved anymore me neither i mean i and that's the funny part because we cared so much back in january we were talking about okay bobby Les and Drew mcintyre should be a really good match good feud good story and then they both they, they simultaneously kind of soured and pissed on both of them in terms of their momentum and their interest
1: not only both of them, they killed three birds, one stone. I mean, yeah. they, uh, Strowman,
2: <laughs> they
1: weakened him. Like, he's a monster amongst among men. Not, not according to like how he's being handled. He doesn't strike the fear in anybody.
0: Bobby Lash just beat him yeah. last week. Just, you know, nothing really.
1: The, okay, these so two guys day are manhandling. Yeah, they're manhandling him at this point. It, it just—it's absolutely ridiculous the way they're—they're they're booking this thing at this point.
0: It really is. And you had Damien Then following up with that.
1: Oh, let's Damien. do this. What okay. kind? No, no, no. I, I'm just—I'm waiting because this—if you're going to involve Damian Priest in the New Day, I'm ready, man.
0: All right. So so we have, and what what a what a pair this makes. Damian Priest. And the new day take on the Miz, Elias, and Jackson Riker. Ooh, I, I, my nipples are hard thinking about this particular match. The A List musical display was met with a second act. So I guess talk me through what the hell happened with this particular with this particular bit. An A List musical. Display was met with a second act of Rotten Tomatoes from Damian Priest, Kofi Kingston. What the hell happened here?
1: You know what? It was an abomination. I, I'm like watching the New Day, who, you know, they're <laughs> considered one of the best tag teams in WWE history. Um, Xavier Woods comes out with pace. And he's like, oh, he's going to play bass guitars. I, Elias is not cool with it, of course. <laughs> Brings it to the ring puts it on the outside of the apron, opens it up, and has supposed rotten tomatoes. And they are now pelting um, The Miz, uh, Johnny Drip Drip, and uh, Elias, and um, Jason Riker with tomatoes. So now we're at the point where this has turned into a awful vaudeville act. And we are now <laughs> at the point where we're throwing tomatoes and I'm just looking at this and I'm like, if I'm Damien priest and I'm the new day, I understand you have no choice almost to a certain extent, but my God, like they couldn't have ad libbed anything better than this. Somebody came up with rotten tomatoes and you know, what's even worse about it. We'll, We'll leapfrog a little bit slightly to this. They actually went and bridged the rotten tomato act into this week's episode. So not only did you get it in one episode, you got it in two episodes.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Well, comedy gold, folks. And you remember how good Elias was like two years ago? Oh, man.
1: Uh, you know what? It's it's really sad um, because that guy had some potential. To me, he was the one guy that was in NXT who I had no hope for, and he came to the main roster and he exceeded anything that I thought that he could do. And what was weird was they kind of gave him the Paul White treatment. He was face, he was heel, and then the fans were kind of packing, uh, bouncing back and forth with him. And now it's just holy cow! He's got the most racist dude on the roster as his henchman, and uh, (laughs) it it, it is literally a situation where I I don't know how Elias (laughs) is going to like necessarily rebound on this until he actually turns on that guy.
0: Yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, do you even care anymore? You know what I mean? No, I don't.
1: No. I'm not like waiting, oh, for an Elias segment. There's no way I'm doing that now at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just fine. It's just now bad comedy. Let's do what they can. He's the third heel in this, you know, in terms of character shape. He's probably the fourth or fifth most important character in this whole thing. Yeah. He he just really nothing going on there and And, just keep that up, too. At least everybody's not there. Look at that one.
1: Listen, uh, yeah, like I agree with that and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, and the thing is they're trying to get, um, uh, Damien Priest over as almost like a tough New Yorker. I don't know if that sounds familiar, but he's a tough New Yorker that also speaks Spanish. So he does have a crossover thing. Uh, and, and of course I'm making a little bit of an Eddie Kingston reference there. Um and he cut a promo about him being from New York and blah, 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 you know, and it's like, okay, the guy's got size, he can handle himself in the ring, he has the Ring of Honor background, which is better than most. um You could probably do something with him, but it just, you you know, it's just low-bearing fruit, you know, for me. It's just, oh, he's a New Yorker and he can speak Spanish. Okay, that's his thing. I mean, what's funny is if you looked at him in NXT, when he was under the wing of Triple H, his character was like, it was almost hanging out with with attractive women hanging out in hot tubs it was like that sort of level sort of thing and then and now it's like yeah he's Bad Bunny's henchman
0: he's a member of the Heights Broadway play you might not get that because you're not a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan
1: yeah Uh, how do you how do you know I'm not a fan
0: because you don't even know what the heights probably is, and you certainly don't. You don't. You've never watched Hamilton yet, you son of a bitch.
1: I do know that he he did write "You're Welcome," sung by Maui and Moana.
0: He also wrote Hamilton, and he also wrote the Heights, two Tony Award winning plays. And well, Bowl, that's great, but you, and the Heights so why, is actually a major motion picture.
1: But why do you track from my uh, my uh, knowledge of him in the movie Moana? It's as if I know nothing.
0: <laughs> I know something. Well, the well, did you get the Heights joke? It's about it's about the Washington Heights. Yeah, it's about a, a Hispanic Latino community singing and being all joyous about being in New York City. And that's Damien Priest singing around, jumping around like, "Hey, I'm in New York City. Who wants to go down to the Heights, baby? You know." Wow. I don't know if you knew about that.
1: Yeah, I'm sold. I'm in. I'm in, man. You got Damian Priest in a musical. I'm in if uh, uh, Manuel Noriega.
0: What's going on right now?
1: Yeah, if Manuel Noriega wrote it, I'm in.
0: <laughs> and so the the we then move to the Queen's return. Charlotte Flair, who's been the center of controversy since Andrade came out. And we could get into Andrade now calling out Kenny Omega for his AAA Championship, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But Charlotte Flair has certainly been the center of a lot of controversy, and Sonya Deville, against Adam Pearce's wishes, comes out and basically allows the Queen to make an apology and receive her reinstatement. So, what do you think's going on with Charlotte? Well, I don't even know what's going on right now with Charlotte. I guess now she, they're
1: going
0: to um, turn this into a triple threat situation.
1: Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. Their annual 20s, they literally did the laziest type of booking ever. They. um, uh, McIntyre and Lashley, and they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? Hey, the women got to wrestle too. So let's take Rhea Ripley, <laughs> ask Asuka, and let's throw Charlotte in there. Right. The only thing I could say is this: Okay, Charlotte is going for the mega heel, like she doesn't respect anybody in the locker room sort of aspect. Like she referred to the other girls as rats. As you and I know, that's like sort of a very derogatory term for the ladies that are in the business.
0: Meanwhile, she's probably had had has slept with as many people in the wrestling business as anybody in terms of like ex boyfriends. She was on the Albert Barrera Dorito train as well for a hot second.
1: Yeah, but I mean, who wasn't really? Um, I mean, who could resist? He's a piece of handsome. So handsome, and he's a character guy, right? Um, Character. She has a a
0: towel. Give him a contact towel. Oh my god, it's great.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, so she's going that route, and there's two things that's going on here. One, I think they're connecting uh, Alexa Bliss to Charlotte. And I and reason I say this, there was a uh, article I saw and somebody caught that this dopey uh, puppet, Lil, uh, Lily, as it's called, was in one of the shots with Sonia Deville. And Alexa Bliss referred to somebody wearing the color red or something during her promo. You know, she's speaking speaking all sort of Bray Wyatt and in code and whatnot. So, I mean, that's an obvious. So Sonya Deville is wearing red. And who is Sonya Deville helping? Charlotte what makes me wonder Alexa bliss is going to be like on the, the face side of things with this crazy face sort of thing and maybe attack and set up a feud with Charlotte. Um, you know, I, I have no idea as to why otherwise the this, this dopey doll would be in a shot with Sonya Deville and you could sort of see it in the background, but speaking of Sonya Deville, there's, and I got to be honest with you, Mr. Silicon Steve Valley. If I had any voice in that creative room, here's the way i make this thing with charlotte interesting with sonya deville i indicate in some way or another that true to life that sonya deville has a crush on charlotte and that's why she's gaining favor
0: Ooh. they should have a lesbian angle
1: and oh they did with Lon- they did with lana and and Liv morgan remember
0: oh come on
1: <laughs> they oh they didn't remember that they, oh, they allude did. to it
0: <laughs> and then and then, go
1: anywhere, and then and then it didn't go anywhere because oh my god but here in True to Life Sonia Deville is an outed lesbian and I think that would be um something that would be sort of fresh it would be different I'm not saying like hey you know have like the Lita Edge bed in the ring thing that Vince did all those years ago no you can do it tastefully. You do it intelligently. And now, uh, since we last spoke, actually, Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville have gotten non-W, whatever that means. Not general managers, officials. <laughs> so to me, it's pretty obvious. I think the writing's on the wall. One of them is going to end up. You know, they're, they're already butting heads. One of them's going to get the Raw. The other one's going to get SmackDown. And I would put Charlotte with Sonya because there's something definitely sort of unique. And w- like, why is Sonya Deville helping Charlotte so much? You know? Is it just because
0: she's real? I don't know.
1: Is it, is it? Yeah, is it that? But it's just, it's, it's, she's acting sort of, you know, ve- she's going out of her way for her.
0: She also and I'm like
1: hoping Ch- that they.
0: She does that with Roman, too, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, he's handsome like as all hell, hell can be, you know. They're gonna so, get into, um, oh
0: my god, the presentation, aroma. We're gonna get into that, the new theme song and everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's there is something going on. Charlotte, and I'll tell you what, Sonia can cut a promo. What she did with the Mandy Rose, that could have yeah. been a lot better than it was. But her contribution to that, mm-hmm. that feud was incredible. The work she was putting in, particularly on SmackDown, yep. Sonya DeVille deserves a good opportunity here. She definitely can go. And the thing is, she's a great wrestler, too. So, you know, not yep. sure what her deal is.
1: Yeah, she's definitely a talented individual. And I'm thinking, you know what? Let her be herself, man. And it, this would be sort of groundbreaking.
0: Yeah, have like a, yeah, I mean, we don't want to see like Dawn, the
1: whole Lana and Dawn Lee Marie Reed Morgan thing.
0: Yeah, Dawn Marie Torre was just to get, you know, guys jerking off to him, you know? What right. I mean? This is something where you could have an actual love story in a situation with Sonya and whomever else. Yep. Now, does Charlotte go lesbian? I don't know if she'll go on the. But then you could. No, no. I, I, I don't even think... Type t- vibe, too. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you could be towing the line and maybe, and honestly, where everybody's well aware of Charlotte's boyfriend, fiance, whatever he is, is no longer in the locker room. Maybe she's a little bit lonely. You know what I mean? <laughs> And, and, and this is not a mercy thing. It's just that you know what, like maybe she has trust built in with Sonya Deville because she's actually heard her out.
0: We'll see how that. We'll see how that progresses for sure.
1: Yeah, but but if they don't do anything like that, and this is just some sort of BS angle, and Sonya Deville's doing this just because, I mean, it's going to go nowhere. It's going to yeah, be garbage. I, and and I it-
0: don't know. Yeah, with my with what WWE particularly in Raw has been lately, I do not have a lot of faith that that's where they're going. It would be interesting, though, 100%. Anyway, you got Umberto Carrillo fired back at Sheamus's latest Open Challenge. And Sheamus is doing a (laughs) hell of a job as U.S. champion already, doing this U.S. Open Challenge. And Sheamus is putting out a good match every single week. And this has been a – and what did you think about this match? I did not see it. Did you actually watch the Umberto Carrillo return?
1: No. I, I didn't watch, uh, the match really. I, I would, I, like, I, I'm just sort of watching the promos with Seamus. No negative. He's one of the stronger points of the show. Um, and I'm trying to pick up on his character and it's definitely like a bully sort of Irish people like Peaky Blinder type dude. And, um, and, and it's interesting where it's going. Um, he actually had a match uh, against this guy, M- Mansoor, who is like the guy from Saudi Arabia that they are yeah. trying to get over. And, and, and I, you know, when they team Sheamus, I know that there's a Saudi Arabia show looming. And for the life of me, if Vince McMahon has Sheamus dropped the U.S. belt on Saudi <coughs> soil, that he should never be allowed back in this country. How disrespectful!
2: <laughs>
1: like, like, and honestly, the guy is is very green. If you watched him, and just you know what, like, just watch him for three minutes. You'll see how green he is when he tries to do a drop kick, and he tries to do several of them during the match. And it's just, it's not Royal good. Rumble
0: out there too. They they definitely yeah. are going to try to capitalize on his star power in the Middle East for sure. <laughs> I mean, shit. If they put the if they put the title on Ginger yeah, Mahal to an uh, Indians to so like um to so like WWE. What do you think they're gonna do with this?
1: Oh, uh, speaking of Ginger Mahal, they had him on main event, and um, he beat Jeff Hardy, and he was um, surrounded by that that Indian tag team, which is like two giant guys. I don't know if you ever seen them, but. People are already alluding to that he's gonna go after Bobby Lashley, which might get back to your point that Bobby Lashley. So they
0: basically just got an upgrade for the Sing Brothers. Cool.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, but these guys are huge, but they're they there's no talent there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then we go to the highlight of every Raw that has ever been in the last month and a half. The most interesting thing that's been going on. The incarnation of RK Bro that sent shot links to the WWE universe and the debut of Riddle and Orton as a tanner did not disappoint as they went up against the former Hurt Business Tag Team Champions, Cedric Alexander and Benjamin. And the Viper in the original bro got rolling and they got the win up with a floating bro for the win after an RKO on one on one dude. The bro had this I don't like that finisher. At least he didn't get any like height on it, though. At least he did this past... It's, you know what I mean? Uh, he, he,
1: didn't, uh, he didn't hit the uh, RKO. He hit him uh, with the uh, DDT from the ropes, and then uh, they hit him with the floating bro after that.
0: Oh, that was his past week. So they, he did the, uh, the RKO.
1: They did it both weeks.
0: Did they face the same people? No. Oh, thank God. Because WWE likes to do that.
1: All no, right. they did... Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. This this past raw, which was last night, they did uh, the RK Bros against Elias and Jason Wright. Randy Orton with tomatoes. Today thing with the tomatoes. You know, so that that pissed off Randy Orton and, and just who goes whizzing by after he got hit with tomatoes was none other than Matt Riddle. And Randy Orton's like looking at him like, and then Riddle's walking by. He's like, Hey, Randy.
0: <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Give me this, give me this reaction. Tell me what, give me the, the, the incarnation. So, so of these guys.
1: You could see, you can just see that like Orton is so pissed off. Like there's two of them. I got to take on, you know, I want to take them on. I just got, you know, punked by these bastards with uh, rotten tomatoes, like one of the high points of his career, I'm sure. And, um, and he's like, okay, who, who can I lean on? Of all peoples, this dude, Riddle, who's who's riding around this scooter and just doing his little promos with each and everybody. That's like everybody that's willing to talk to him backstage. Also, the Viking Raiders and Riddle was gold. It actually it was great because Riddle went and approached them about the NFL draft. He's like, so, guys, can you tell me, like, what you guys thought I mean you're the Vikings Raiders so who were you like you know like rooting for there and (laughs) the one guy he actually said he's a Browns fan and Riddle's like I did not he's like I did not see that coming (laughs) (laughs) so um, so so then from there Riddle starts talking up Ivar about how he's like a ladies man it was just great and the two of them played off each other really nicely man and then from there he had a second interaction with Orton and Orton and um, um, Riddle basically are interacting and and Orton lets it be known. He's like, listen, we had a good match together. And he's like, Randy, Randy. He's like, oh, I ordered my snakeskin tights. Like he's like all ready to like be his like buddy. And it's part, just like yeah. endearing. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's like, all about it, man. He's like, let's do this, man, right? He's like, all about it. He is, like, just buying in. And and then they do this little thing where Riddle starts talking too much, and Randy's about to flip out on him. And he does this thing, like, you know, a parent would with a kid where they zip their mouths, and they yeah. they lock it up. And Riddle does the same thing, and then <laughs> catch this. And I would say 98, 98% of the, the audience probably catches this and understands it. However, the genius, Adnan Verk did not understand this whole thing. And in the beginning of their match, when they came out, um, Riddle comes out first, does his whole entrance, and then Orton comes out. And Orton, and this is one of the reasons I'm enjoying this, because he's totally going against what we know of him as the Viper. Orton goes and hands the key back to Riddle, Given him his freedom, if you will, <laughs> and when Riddle goes and takes it, Adnan Virk says, "Look at this. He just dabbed R- Matt Riddle." Meaning, like they just pounded it out. He missed the whole, the whole like reference to it. And if I'm Corey Graves at this point, I'm taking a small sword and committing Harry Carey right next to him. <laughs> like this is how over in, in over his head this jabroni is.
0: And Graves isn't pulling any punches with either.
1: You just see riddles breathe them. No, no. And Graves makes it almost uncomfortable. Like I he goes, like he doesn't even you could tell he has no shits to give. He doesn't care. He's gonna he's just gonna do his job and make himself look good at this point. Because um this guy that's sitting next to him obviously knows dick about wrestling. <laughs> I mean, my my God, he. I think I texted you the thing where when Strowman was was wrestling, he mentioned something about getting on the tracks with Strowman when he was about to go run around the outside of the outside of the ring, yeah. and Adnan Verk actually said he's going to need a bigger boat, which is such a weird leap to jaws. I don't have to anything understand rudimentary transportation at this point. <laughs>
0: I, he's I, think terrible. He, I think he was just trying to kind of throw a little, little line at you try to give him some personality because he's struggling obviously and he tried to be cute and funny but it made no gosh darn
1: sense it, it made no sense and, and 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 I got off on a little bit tangent on Adnan because he's definitely becoming public enemy number one with me at this point but getting back to to uh, and, I, and I, because of the Sherpas walking me through the valleys of the Himalayas I'm getting back to this I um, to the RK Bros. So here they have a good match. and the way they went and did this match, you could see that and they um, that was having issues with Elias or beating up on him. Riker and and Elias actually had a couple decent move sets on them. Um, you know some of the things look kind of painful. Riddle sold it well. and then all of a sudden, you know what? Randy Orton is out there leaning over, looking for that hot tag man, which is so not like Orton with the, with a with a guy like Matt Riddle's personality. Oh yeah, and and he gets in there and he starts cleaning up like the big brother. And I, I swear to you, man, you and I have probably been on the same page with Randy Orton, like we, you know, accepting him for what he is, not over overt amazing fans. I mean, honestly, my favorite time of Randy Orton was when he flirted with FTR. And they almost did something there. I was like, "This is going to be great," but of course, that didn't come to fruition because you know, creative is creative, and Vince is Vince. But <laughs> yeah. this thing, God help me, if they don't go and and keep these guys together. And, and here's the thing: I've been. It's it, I'm such a loser. Let me put it this way: I actually think of these two and where they can go with this. You could eventually evolve Riddle from the comedian into something extremely legitimate that people are going to buy. And considering his age, his in-ring talent, if you get Randy Warren's seal of approval on this guy and he eventually becomes a little bit more serious, you can make him a world champ. And people are not going to go and doubt it.
0: He's the guy. He's the only guy I could see that could work in the current WWE system that can be the next John Cena. Yes, and we said I agree. that three years. I think we said that two or three years ago too. Yep. You know, Riddle yep. has that marketability. He has the look. He has the personality, and he has the ability to go. He really checks all the boxes to be the guy in WWE. Yeah. Really you
1: know,
0: he and he can connect with yep. the millennial vibe. Like, hey, like, he doesn't get too pissed off about too many things. Yep. And, yeah. and and similarly, that's kind of how, you know, Kurt Angle started out in a similar way, where he was kind of a comedian, a comedic mm-hmm. wrestler, even though he was learning getting his shit together. But by the time he's there for two years, three years, and he's a BMF, B- B- you know, he's a BMF. And by yeah. the time WrestleMania yep. 19 rolled around with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle was a legitimate guy who could go toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar at the main event of WrestleMania 19 and have a great match with him. And then Kurt yeah. Angle became completely transcended into a badass, despite the fact he was so funny. So that kind of evolution mm-hmm. happened with Riddle because he can. I mean, we've seen the matches the guy can put on. Yes. So
1: I'm with you, man. You got me sold. I'm with it. You and I are on the same page with him because it's it's like it's there. And I and honestly, I don't want I don't want to go to pay pay-per-views and Randy Orton turns on him. No, let like, him let's yeah, let this evolve. Let this grow. Let this percolate because they might be onto something that, A, can actually strengthen the tag team division on Raw, especially you put the straps on them, and let them hold it for a while. Honestly, I want to see the RKA grows against Omos and and um, AJ. It's a fresh feud. It, you have three really good workers in there, and they would know how to work with almost. And oh, by the way, honestly, if you put Riddle and RK and Randy Orton against almost in the ring together, that's believable that they might be able to take the giant down.
0: Yeah, Ben, let's go. You're exactly right. And what's funny, is, and I think, was it you or was it someone? You flash forward to this week when um, almost and Styles has. Their first appearance. And then the, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Atman Verk. Atman Verk. Atman Verk. Atman Verk.
1: Atman Verk. Yes. I texted you.
0: That was you?
1: <laughs> he yes.
0: Said, Where do you think he lies as best big man ever?
1: <laughs> no. Greatest. He, he asked. the the rhetorical question where does he where does he rank amongst the 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 greatest champions out there and Corey Graves as he's falling off his chair says rightfully how can you even say that on the dude's second match Like, what is he that impressed with Mansoor? I mean, Mansoor had one match. I mean, what is he going to be the greatest U.S. champion ever? Like, like, like I cannot believe that that even came out of his mouth. I mean, I understand you need to go and put all put over the giant, and almost honestly, when you watch him, he's a big imposing dude, and visually, there is something for him on that TV. Like, if you're just a how can I put this? If you're a um, pedestrian sort of wrestling fan, you haven't looked in a while. Looked in on a while, and you're just changing channels. If you see that guy, you're gonna be like, "Whoa, what the hell is that?" Yeah, I mean that he's a like you're gonna stop and you're gonna see. And if he has any wrestling ability, and I, honestly, I would just give him a big old power move set and a choke slam, power power bomb, few other things, and let him just evolve. Um, you got something pretty impressive and he's actually sort of showing some personality with, with AJ, but for this jabroni Adnan Verk to go and say, where does he rank amongst the great, the greatest champ? Oh yeah. He's right up there with undertaker, man. Yeah. He, yeah. Kane too. Oh hell. Rick, Rick flair. Shit. He Rick flair. He sucks compared to almost.
0: He has the same career I mean, as Nick, he has the same career as Nicholas, the kid who won with Braun Strowman. He has the same exact record. You know, same you know, exact, I, I, in I, fact, same exact career set. Dave yeah. WrestleMania won his first title. I mean.
1: Yeah, there you go. I, I mean the, both Nicholas and Omos should go into the Hall of Fame together.
0: Imagine and if and if if Burke should, should imagine if it was Nicholas and Amos. Whoa.
1: Undefeated. And and that you know what, like to Adnan Verk, that's better than the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, the Young Bucks, whoever you want to throw there.
0: And of course he knows who the LA are anyway. Oh, what's that? And, oh, and oh no and of course he knows who all those people are anyway.
1: yeah yeah, exactly it's like the rock and roll and that's another thing you know what i i was even thinking about like i think the um i think the whole bit behind to be backstage with with um riddle and the viking raiders was actually a shot at adnan Verk because two weeks in a row he referred to the viking raiders as the um viking express so like so basically, Riddles back to like clarifying Viking Raiders and like like the the, the two Viking Raiders are like yeah Viking Raiders and they were like I, I come to think of it I think they were sort of it was like an underhand like comment to Verk because he can't even get their names right.
0: It could have been because you yeah. know the town's pissed off about it because they're the ones who are busting their asses.
1: Yeah, he can't even get him yes. over Viking ex- What is this?
0: Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh uh, yeah, you you crapped out, man. Last thing you said.
1: I said the Viking Express. I'm like what, Ricky Morton's gonna come out next?
0: do 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 well that didn't an express
1: yeah.
0: and then <laughs> And then they had a match. Rhea Ripley, Naya Jackson, Shayna Blazers, arguably the three badass bitches in the WWE. Take out Asuka and of course Naomi and Lana. Do- pretty much dominant match. You know, they're kind of just throwing these two badass women together right here. I don't know if this is going to move forward as a storyline. I don't know if this progressed at all this week, but. You
1: know, whatever. I'll, I'll tell you, man, like I, I gotta say, what they're doing with the women's division is just abhorrent. It is just so bad. And and the reason I say this is on, on any other TV shows, especially with Nia Jax, the tag team, but let's put it this way any world title stuff other than what they're doing to be, with with Bel Air and Bailey, currently at least they're sort of starting something there. But like the Rhea Ripley thing, she just won it. Now she's already in Charlotte's shadow again. You still have Asuka in there, and it's like repetitive. Um,
0: There's no consistency. With and
1: the then also with Nia Jax and Baszler, they're just crapping all. Yeah, and and what I and the thing is that I see here really what they're doing is, especially when I'm looking at social media and I follow these young ladies, um, is that really they're. And that and, and that's pretty much the generation of an, an evolvement of their characters. It's just them dancing, laughing it up. Hey, we're in, we're getting paid. We're here in the locker room, um, and that's that. And then you're gonna see a regurgitation of storyline being thrown up each and every show between SmackDown and Raw over and over. Because I, for some reason, I have no idea what the. So, I don't know, man. That's my two cents. It, it, it's just frustrating. I, I tend to fast forward through the women's division at this point.
0: Yeah, I fast. I, I definitely did not. I didn't even watch this episode. To be really Charlotte takes on Mandy yeah. Rose. Uh, did not hear anything about the match, but Flair is the heel. She worked on, on Mandy, and she won with a natural selection for the victory. And then we they finished the show with Braun versus Drew. Strowman looked to battle past Drew McIntyre and he wound up winning the match the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley of course interfered came down to the ring to make his presence felt the Scottish word put on an unreal display of strength got a couple of really good suplexes on Strowman but the monster among men had the final word after Bobby Lashley attempted to interfere with MVP Mason T-Bar. So he had the retribution squad in full effect. And it distracted McIntyre. Strowman regrouped, hit a running power slam, and got the win to set up this week's Raw, which opened with AJ and Amos. Yeah. We already talked about Strowman. So Strowman's going to be getting the championship match at... But didn't Strowman fight Lashley for the title, like, recently?
1: Yeah, this past Raw.
0: Like, what? And that's the
1: thing. Like, again, I don't understand why they they would have Strowman. Why would Bobby Lashley be in, in a match against either one of these guys and perhaps get injured? And I understand you're a fighting champion, but, like, it just doesn't make any booking sense. Like... Uh, I, I mean, everybody's even still tired of McIntyre versus Strowman or anything that, like, I, it just.
0: There's no reason for it. You know, you really
1: frustrated frustrated anymore at this point. So, um, yeah, but it's it just, it's, I, I mean, I'm not looking forward to Backlash. I'll be honest with you. There's nothing really that's drawn me in. That's like, oh, I got to see this. Must must see. I still have yet to even sign up for the Peacock network.
0: Cesaro and Roman should be pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I that I'd agree with.
0: But but Roman, that's something for Roman is yeah. not losing. So it's one of those things. It's kind of like no, you know, way. you're going to see what Roman reigns. You're going to see. A lot of him wrestle a lot of matches where, you know, there's not a chance in hell he's going to lose. And this is one of them Yeah, because of the way they book. They don't, WWE doesn't surprise you because of their booking because of their formula they stay with. Um, There's no improvisation. They don't, you know, again, it's just, it's just very much trying to stick to a formula. And if they do go outside of the box, it's been ridiculously badly. Yeah. Yeah
1: so Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's a it's a rough go, and and honestly, uh, you know, I, I I mean, do you want to get into the Daniel Bryan Roman match? Talk about SmackDown? Anything like as far as? Uh, you want to do chronologically? Yeah,
0: we could go. Yeah, let's. Okay. We, you want you want you want to do this week? I was going to do this week's Raw, then go to SmackDown, but we could do that.
1: Let's okay, you could do that. Yeah, I thought we were sort of blending, going back and forth with the two Raws, but it's up to you.
0: Oh yeah, we were definitely doing that. Um, what didn't we hit on this week's Raw that happened? Yeah, and then- uh,
1: I'm trying to. Yeah, I think we sort of, I think we sort of covered both of them. There's nothing that's. Edna and Verks a jerk off, by the way. I don't know if I covered that much.
0: <laughs> and by, and then and then that leads us to the ending of Raw this this past week. You know they. And we'll put a little bow on Raw. We'll do it that way. And Strowman does face Bobby Lashley in the main event, and Bobby Lashley, no, no surprise whatsoever, gets the victory over Braun Strowman. And of course, that actually finished with the Scottish Warrior coming out and kind of. I'm oh, sorry, Drew McIntyre came down. Did you watch? I don't. Did, you, did what did you think about this match? Uh, To be honest with you, Mike, the Raw team, and he started doing announcing. Yeah, he started announcing. So at least we got a little bit more, a little less of Adnan Ver.
1: Yeah, he he, yeah. McIntyre joined the um, announced team. He was almost a little bit heelish the way he was sort of portraying himself. And then, you know, he basically, um, um, you know, he mentioned that he was going to go and send these guys to Claymore country. That's his big thing. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not even sure what happened at the end as my DVR shut off at like three hours and one minute. So they probably went a little bit over and I gave so few craps that I didn't even go look it up, to be honest with
0: you. Well, well, McIntyre basically got an argument with Strowman and that caused Strowman to get back in the ring, distracted. And the Almighty, of course, hit a a shitty... I don't like his spears. They look weird. But he hit one mm-hmm. of those gears to that's his finisher, wins the match, beats Strowman, and then McIntyre comes in and takes them both out with the Claymore. And McIntyre leaves standing tall as the two men, I guess they're gonna face at WrestleMania backlash for a triple threat match. So then we're gonna get all three of these guys at the triple threat match, too. So it's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, we didn't see that coming. Hey, think, hey, there's a women, there's 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 a woman's title. Why don't we put Rhea Ripley out? I haven't seen that before?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little rough. It, it it really is. And it sucks because they're so talented. All three of those guys are so good. And you know.
1: Yeah, they're 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 mismanaging all that.
0: Oh man, and he has a train, and he, you have a train. He's got a little train sound with him when he starts running around Bronstrom and little choo choo train. They,
1: choo-choo. You know what? They, they start they 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 cut back on that. I think they got they realized how ridiculous it was. It was just became such a goddamn joke that they're like, okay, this is just we're tearing this monster down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's move over to easily the best show on the WWE. Roster or what you'd call it on the w, underneath the WWE umbrella, which is SmackDown, which I, overall I thought was a pretty good show, but it was a lot of just the same kind of WWE booking we talked about before, where it really just insults our intelligence. But main event, not nothing surprising here, but we can get into it. We let's let's look at the entire review. As we go through the results of SmackDown from April 30th, 2021, so opens with Be- Bianca Belair. Kind of given, they did a really good job of, of a nice little package for her, you know. And I'm not talking about a nice Austin Aries package, but it was a good video package showing you her, her, her feats of strength and speed and such. Mm-hmm. And she, she comes up, cuts a promo. And. I fast, I What did you think about this particular segment with Bianca Belair?
1: Um, it was okay. Um, I, I prefer if they could just stick to Bailey versus having the dirty dogs come out, which then entices the street profits to come out. Like it just, um, I don't know, it's a bit of a cluster for me. So I don't understand, like why why Bailey and and and, and oh, th- let me bring this up. This is highly annoying to me. Dolph Z- Ziggler, he shows his, um, his like um, character level, his development, his um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, his depth as a as a as a performer by putting on a blue SmackDown hat. He's like, hey, I'm on, I'm on SmackDown. This is Bobby Roode we're the dirty dogs
0: we're so dirty we're dirty dogs
1: we haven't been bathed in a while we're dirty so it's just stupid like you know like listen man he he's somebody that needs a change of scenery and uh, he's eating up time uh and then I, I don't get i don't understand who behind the scenes or why dolph ziggler feels it's necessary to go and promote smackdown on his head like uh, he did this with, like we're raw as well. He he wears the hat of the show. He, he just like he's just like he's a trucker hat. He yeah, a trucker trucker hats. Hats. He's just stupid. So like it just it's ridiculous. But yes, and and no, like, Ziggler
0: gets the fast forward button. Man, I'm sorry. I, I that's I, that's why yeah. I, I didn't watch it. He came out and I fast forwarded
1: it. Okay. Yeah, it kills it. Like I, I'm like, why does like Bianca Belair Belair Bel- 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 is one of your hottest like entities right now. Just bring so the street Bailey. profits.
0: And the, and the street profits are real yeah. hot too. Let's be honest. They're very popular. They're,
1: they're, they're popular, but I think they're mismanaged and mishandled. Like, okay. Like like, like well, they should have been, they should still be tacking.
0: Well, the list, the list of mismanaged you know talent. The line of mismanaged talent forms to the left.
1: Yeah, that's true. And then uh So I don't know. It's just that, you know, allow them to feud with the dirty dogs and then just let Bianca and, and Bailey work their magic, you know? And it just, it's not necessary to work Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode and having some sort of weird uh, combination of their two gimmicks. You know, the, you see the glorious word flash up and then uh, the show off and all that. It's, It's just like, it's, it's so far in the past, it's not current. Let's yeah, move on I mean, with
0: it. I mean, I guess that they're they're giving them the respect because they're veterans. They've been there, there, and Bobby Roode has not really been given a great opportunity. So, all right, well, here's yeah. something: we'll, we'll get you on TV every Friday night, and Rude's on TV, yeah. I mean, that's better than a lot of guys. Uh, that's probably how Bobby's looking at it.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. And I, and listen, I hey, when Bobby Roode was at uh, at Impact and and TNA, hell, uh, Beer Money was. Uh, them and the, the the Motor City Machine Guns. Their battles, it, it totally piqued my interest. I was like, wow, this is pretty damn good. And um, seeing him at NXT, I thought he was totally handled properly. Some great matches down there. But, hey, then he gets to the main roster, and they're like, hey, we don't know what to do with this guy with great physique and all these years of experience and uh, pretty good moveset and decent on the mic. Uh, we're fumbling this ball, Vince. Let's put them in the Dirty Dogs with Dolph Ziggler. Let's just give them both something to do, okay? I think,
0: I think because of the two long matches that they were having—the Intercontinental Title match and the World and the uh, Universal Title match—I think they wanted to get as many people on there as possible. It's probably why they did that, and they had a pretty good match. It was a good match, you know. Overall, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Even though I rather, I'm with you. I, you know, let Bailey do what she does with Bianca Belair, and it can, I mean, ba- Bailey can really do a great job of making this a, a very good start to be at Bel Air's title reign. to have a good program oh, yeah. with Bailey that can last a few months and then maybe they, they switch titles back and forth. That would you know would be would be something that would work best great for both guys. Uh yep. so but Bianca Belair and the Street Profits they get a victory with Montez Ford hitting that splash very impressive splash by the way. Now, you, hey say what you want the Montez Ford the Street Profits got something going on there and they, they continue to show you that they're they're still good. I'm with you on the dirty dogs. They get the fast forward button. How yeah. did Tamina beat Naya and Shayna with Tamina hitting the Super 5 splash? I thought it was called you- the Kill the White Woman in the hotel splash.
1: Oh, uh, see this and you made it about race too. That's really salty of you. <laughs> my my. my- my personal Sherpas will not approve of that last statement, and I don't know if I do either. And you know what I find even to be more disgusting was her attempt of the superfly splash. Did you see it?
0: It looks kind of like this. It, it looks like you're just falling forward.
1: It, it literally is. A, it is. It, it is just a great experiment in gravity. She cannot even. She cannot do anything with that move, and it's almost a, It's almost a, an insult to Superfly Snuka no matter what you think of him, because you know the truth, right? So um, if you're going to go and try to honor his his legacy for whatever it is at this point, um, with that finisher, you're not doing it because, I'm sorry, his daughter is not hitting that thing impressively in the slightest.
0: Yeah, I mean, just because she's his daughter, she, she's Superfly's daughter, I mean, her her she should not be doing splashes off the top rope. It's just that simple. She doesn't have to either. She's, she's, she's huge. She doesn't have to jump <laughs> off the top fucking rope. Let her be a badass big woman. But it looks like, hey, look, they've been putting in the work. It looks like they're going to get a shot at the tag team titles. They might even win them because they have been putting up these two on a roll a little bit, even though they did lose at WrestleMania. but Then, yeah. then we move along to... Biggie and Apollo Cruz. And another really good match. And but it's like the fifth time we've seen it. And so it was kind of a lot of recycled things throughout the match. And then you also got not only Commander Aziz involved, who actually caused the disqualification. Biggie hit basically it was a good decent match. Big ending at the end of the match. And Biggie and I, I called it before it even happened. He's gonna get pulled from the ring. Commander Aziz pulls him from the ring and attacks him, gets and throws the entire match out. So the match was like, I think 15 minutes long, or you know, something like that. Long commercial break right in the middle of it, and all of that to have the fucking thing thrown out. So it's just like, hey, make sure you're watching this, make sure you're watching this, and yeah, sorry, it's completely pointless. They did continue, they had Kevin Owens come out to help to help. Uh,
1: Biggie,
0: yeah, oh, sorry, thank you to help Biggie after Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz is going down. So maybe Kevin's going to be involved in this actually, title match, and then that brought in Sammy Zane, who came out and created the numbers advantage, helping out Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz. And then Zane held on to the Intercontinental title a little too long, and intended to be friend Cruz and Aziz, and the Intercontinental champions Royal Bodyguard blasted him with a Nigerian nail. So. No honor among thieves there. So that's actually pretty interesting. The Sammy's, is there a way? Is there a, maybe the beginning of Sammy Zane maybe turning babyface a little bit? Or is this just something showing that you know Commander Aziz and, and Apollo Cruz are not to be trifled with? What do you think that's going on with Sammy?
1: I smell fatal four away. <laughs> Sammy versus Apollo versus Kevin Owens versus Big E at WrestleMania Backlash with Colonel Aziz with his rusty Nigerian nail on the outside, just waiting to use it.
0: You can get lockjaw by with that rusty nail.
1: Yeah, that's what. It, that's the, you know. <laughs> they better be careful with that.
0: I'm not too bad about this because I love all four of these guys. So, I'm not too upset about mm. it. However, you didn't have to do this to get us here. You know? Yeah. Why did Kevin Owens come out to help Big E? Was there ever a reason for that? What did Kevin Owens do with this match at all?
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand.
0: Is Kevin Owens such a good guy now? Like, he's going to start helping people random willy-nilly? L- yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: Well, if we're gonna be all willy nilly about it, let's send Owens out there.
0: <laughs> God damn it, you're gonna be willy nilly. Owens, get out there. Get someone a stunner. Don't drink. <laughs> I remember a Stone call he used to give me those stunners. He made me Your out. guess
1: is as good as mine, man. And um...
0: yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on, Agent. But again, it's like, you have this great, you have this match, you're progressing, and and it took up a good portion of this this episode. And to have me invested in this, and I didn't watch the whole thing, I got to the end, and I said, I don't think it's going to be a good end. Just because of where it was in the show, it was about halfway through the show, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to be be a crazy ending. It was going to either be an Apollo Cruz victory via disqualification or they were going to throw our, you know, via outside interference and he gets a shady win, or it was going to be thrown out. And I fast forward it and I saw the ending and I, and about five, like five seconds before Biggie hit the big ending. And I was so happy when Aziz interfered and caused a disqualification. I was so happy. I skipped it because I didn't have to invest time in that for that you know f- frankly you know jacking off with a semi finish it's just it's just it just is what it is it's just it's placating it's in, it's insulting to my intelligence and it's just it goes part and parcel why WWE is so gets so much venom on the internet because they do things yeah. like this it makes us feel stupid it makes you feel like we you, you you don't think we care
1: yeah
0: or pay attention
1: yeah. I' Yeah, and yeah, no, I agree. And it's almost like they're trying to get uh, Aziz over more than anybody else out of the, the you know four wrestlers that we just mentioned. God oh, uh,
0: you see the size of that! Uh, I don't know, man. They're all big. there's all these big guys now. Big guys aren't that big of a deal anymore, are they? How many guys are six foot eight or bigger now? Plenty. Yeah, I'm saying.
1: I mean, he's, I mean, he's obviously looking for his next Undertaker in Kane, man. This is pretty obvious.
0: Well, they could have had the next Undertaker, but they had the next Undertaker job to Goldberg within three minutes. And then, and then whatever the hell else they've done with The Fiend the last year that has absolutely destroyed him and took any kind of...
1: This is The Fiend.
0: Oh, my God. Well, look, you don't want to talk about SmackDown. I don't want to get upset. But let's talk about, to make a smile, let's talk about this Paul Heyman promo, huh? your thoughts on Paul Heyman, arguably one of his best promos he's done, certainly since the new era with Roman Reigns, but it could be one of his best promos ever. And that's saying a lot.
1: Yeah. He he is an absolute King amongst jesters, man. He is like the man. And, uh, that promo, he basically was putting over Daniel Bryan without like acting as if he didn't really know it. And, uh, You watch him, and that is good wrestling right there. Everything he did right there is New York. It's smart. It it, it is just so damn good, man. And um, you you, you keep. and, And that is gold. Really, what we're waiting for, as the table has been set, is a viable face to go against Roman and uh, and honestly i'm i'm mentioning this as somebody who's not ma- named the rock because that's the obvious yeah because that's that is printing money is that feud right there so beyond the rock who on that roster can eventually rise and knock out the head of the table with with his advocate there cutting promos like he did there i mean it was just if if you are a Lover of wrestling managers. You love the art of the promo. That is one of the promos you need to study. Yeah. I mean, Heyman is a god amongst amongst you know students and at this point. He's just that damn good. I don't care what show it is, he's the best.
0: Yeah. It was it was brilliant. He the way he does the known. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he does such a good way of hitting every checking every box, hitting every note that needs to be played for the story in this situation to set that up Yep. and it really made and it made you feel like it was a big fight i love that dynamic that you're gonna get the big first of all heyman's on smackdown you know talking smack which is wor- probably worth the admission right there him every single week Yep. they're letting him just go have fun and there's been some magic on talking smack with it Particularly with Big E, and particularly with Apollo Cruz, actually. So that aside, he gets this opportunity because Roman usually cuts the promos as of late, you know, when live. Except I like when Paul Heyman right before the big match, Heyman cuts that promo to get you psyched for the match. If that's part of their formula, they're doing with Roman, the, the package now, in general. We're now we can get into the whole thing, the whole presentation of roman reigns right now is the best thing wwe has done i mean geez, you might have to go back this to the, the height of cena i mean what he they're doing with it the presentation and everything it's new oh, yeah. and have Heyman there too adding to it and what's good too it's something that's not obvious on screen is that Heyman also is part of the creative and everything that's going on with Roman Reigns, too. And that's a big reason why Roman Reigns is being as successful as he's been since he came back. Yep. There's no doubt about it. So, God bless Paul Heyman. Paul, I said it to my wife today, we were watching it, and I was like, this guy still cuts the best promo in the business, man. Still. And still, you know. So, I wonder if that's yeah. going to cause Cyrus. It does, man. I wonder if it's going to cause uh, Don Callis to come out and try to cut a promo now. Even though I guess it's because promo's on. Uh, but I, 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 it's interesting because there's – there's I don't think Heyman has an analysis, but Callis has, has mentioned there is a lot of uh, comparisons between the two. And so they're both right now in a position where they're they're both on TV cutting promos every pretty much every single week. And it's a pretty exciting time. And Paul Heyman to be still this good at the top of his game Adding what he's done to Roman Reigns, it's absolutely incredible. So he he's he's a he's a mensch. I love Paul Heyman. Gotta love him. I'm a Paulie guy. Yeah,
1: man. He is. He's one of the incredible. If he's that good,
0: and the wrestling scene so and, and I, it's like he's doing yeah. it in a time where managers aren't a thing. Yeah. which is even more he's impressive. An-
1: well, he's not a manager. He's an advocate. He's evolved. You know, Vince. Yeah, Vince doesn't like managers, basically.
0: That's he, he why Heyman said that. like, no, 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 Vince. I, I'm an advocate. I, I'm an advocate, Vince. That's what I am. So, you know, it's okay if I'm out there. You know, it's my first time I tried yeah, to and,
1: and what it is, is he's not going to... He's just there to make facial. He, he's there with great facials that he does in terms of expressions. Oh, my God. And, oh my God. and then, you know... Beyond that, he's gonna go and, and cut some of the most legendary promos. And, and really, man, that, that highlight reel of promos that he can do from from NW was it was an NWA or WCW when he's pulled Paulie dangerously back in the day. It was W. It was just it
0: was becoming WCW. W it just had become WCW. Yeah, okay. It's like right in the middle of it. He became when it was yeah. still in WA, right in the middle okay. of the Turner Takeover.
1: So you, you go all the way back then, and that's the you know him walking out there with the, one of the large cell phones that they had back in the day that you would see like on Miami Vice and stuff. Uh, and he's an important Morris. guy.
0: Zach Mars.
1: Yeah, he does. He was say yeah, and Saved by the Bell there too. So it, he um so he evolved from that and then became this oh man this rebel CW.
0: He was, he was the general of the so, UKW revolution. He was the general, let's be
1: honest. Yeah, and, and what's great is, you know, you, you, there's enough footage on YouTube with people that worked with him there. That's a thing of beauty, Mr. Valley there. Wonderful. Um, basically, he, he was, um, you know, there's enough footage there that people that worked with him where it's become very evident that Paul Heyman is not a credible businessman. But he's an incredible wrestling mind. And I mean, it, it, he's to springboard CW became to being able to go and get full time employment at a WWE and just roll with it is just great. So um, it's great that the, it's 2021. He's still in a main event circle. And we have the opportunity to enjoy him almost pretty much on a weekly basis. I mean, honestly, when Brock was doing the part-time gig, you know, one of the reasons I I didn't like it was because we didn't get Paul Heyman as much. Well, and and hell you put him in with Roman and Romans out there every week. And God help us. If they find a viable baby phase to go after Roman where they can go and just have an incredible feud I mean, and I'm not sure if that guy's even on the roster yet. But, man, this could be something special.
0: Well, we could talk about what we alluded to earlier. You know, we we, for, we remember this. John Cena had his big baby face turn and had his first big run on, on SmackDown. But SmackDown was the B show, so they had to put him on the, in the A show. They might do that with Riddle yeah. in, in the future, where Riddle is the guy who, who – back at Roman which would be kind of fun I mean that that would be some gold right there having riddle's character with Roman uh, yep. but you know some very funny stuff there. And then I, I'm, I'm with you what, what Roman is doing and we, let nobody let's go to the match Daniel Bryan cut a good promo as well but we knew Daniel Bryan was losing this match so this was not a surprise. yeah um, yeah um, the match itself was 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 very good. Yep. with you know, but you knew it was gonna be with these two, Roman winning in the, what does he call that exactly? What what is the what is the front the front choke? What is, what is his finisher called?
1: They call that they just call it the guillotine. And here's my biggest issue: how are you not calling that the Samoa Constrictor?
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: That I, if I'm if I'm Michael Cole, that's what I'm calling it—the sumo constrictor.
0: If you're Michael Cole, you'd call it a super kick.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. But you know what? I, I'm even I'm shocked. I even I, I think I even threw that name on one of the uh, WWE pages. It might have been on Facebook or Instagram. I'm like, and they actually asked, "What would you name this?" And I'm like, well, to me, it's obvious—the sumo constrictor, like. That place would go crazy if you go and and you'd have t shirts even with that.
0: I mean, you could. It put, it. I mean, it, it would, you'd print money. On it. You really could. Yeah, they
1: would, like, would put. It like, why why call it the guillotine? This is Roman effing Reigns at this point. I mean, you, you just mentioned the the presentation of the music, and him coming out to the ring. This is out of the ashes of the shield. There's no remnants of the shield. I mean, my God, Seth Rollins is a God is a is a half-assed joker wannabe who can't even shine Roman Reigns' shoes at this point, Seth hoping Roth. to go and just... Annoying. He's totally annoying at this point. And now Roman is the man. Stop just the guillotine because hell, you and I, if we get in the ring and I put that move on you, it's a guillotine. It's the, It's the most generic name. Yeah. Give him the Samoa constrictor, man.
0: At least something. I mean, if if not that something because Guillotine does yeah. generic and yeah. but it, has he been doing it too long for them to, to not give him a name? I think they gotta do it soon if they're gonna do it.
1: Yeah, they've been he's been doing this move for months now. And I, and I and I don't understand why they don't name it. He's winning big matches with it. Put it over.
0: Absolutely. He won not the last match, but he won the he's won a couple matches of that recently. I think that's yeah. how he beat. Is that how he beat Daniel Bryan to begin at, back at the – what was that? Well, I forget what pay-per-view it was. It was his fast lane or whatever, the one before WrestleMania. Oh, he didn't wrestle. Never mind. But he's yeah. won a couple – either way, I'm going to edit that out. Uh, but he's won a, several big matches with it. So you have to name it something.
1: Yeah, give it a, give it some personality, man. You know, he's they got this the beer.
0: They didn't give the Kamora anything with Lesnar. Maybe they're looking at that vibe.
1: Yeah, I, I maybe, but I mean, you know, to me, like the way Roman is cinching that thing in, and and it just uh, to me has a nice ring to it, and it's it, and again, it's acknowledging his bloodline and the Isle of Samoa, and you know, it's basically just squeezing the breath right out of you.
0: Absolutely, so, I think that's you got to do something. I'm with you there. Uh, Cesaro comes out. They start giving a beat down on Daniel Bryan. Cesaro comes out. Then Jey Uso comes out and what have you, and they beat down Bryan in front of Cesaro after they have him tied up in the ropes. And then another concerto a la what happened at WrestleMania and Daniel Bryan's career on SmackDown is over. Over. And obviously he's going to have a run on Raw and hopefully it's something decent.
1: Yeah, you know what? I was going to ask you that. And I hope, you know, the obvious is he's going to go to Raw. And what I read was that they automatically have put him in the alumni section of superstars for whatever reason, you know, putting him there on hold, if you will.
0: Wait a minute. It's on, the, on their website?
1: Yeah. it's so what I, I didn't see it, but I read about it. He's currently, currently considered alumni. So I'm not sure if he's taking a little bit of a break to see, you know, when they decide to go and reshape all the shows with the draft oh, yeah. or whatever.
0: They might have done that to try to kfab this, him leaving WWE. You know, they didn't say he's going to Raw, but they, that's the thing. They said he's going to be off TV. He's going to be, you know, Roman Reigns never wants to see him again. I mean, they could have worded it where they left it open, but they just kept on saying Friday Night SmackDown, 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 SmackDown. So, yeah, Daniel Bryan can make his return on Raw, and he probably is going to take some time off. To hang out with his kids, and then that's then there you go, and that's his time off.
1: Yeah. And the other the other thing is too. Don't be surprised if he goes and does an appearance or two in NXT to go boost that up.
0: Possibly too. You, you you could do a few things with it. Yeah. They're probably saying, "Who do you want to work with?" And we'll work something in. With you. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, because because there's a couple guys in NXT that he's familiar with and has worked with in the.
0: Yeah, all the all the indie guys
1: go down. And, and
0: yeah. Uh, before we leave SmackDown and go to AEW, I really am digging on the Aleister Black vignettes
1: Yeah, I, I'm enjoying him. I'm I've, and it's hokey in some ways as the whole uh, as the um, you know Firefly uh, Playhouse at this point. Um, man, he's eloquent in terms of how he reads and how he cuts a promo. I I mean, I think Vince lost a lot of time with him, and I I hope that they can make up for this.
0: I think they're going to give him a good chance with this character. And he's kind of, it's a little bit Jake Roberts. He's not Mm. necessarily, I'm not taking what he's doing as he, has any kind of superpower or supernatural power. I'm taking it that he is just a dark soul, just like Jake Roberts was, mm-hmm. and that the world is this way and you all see it this way, but it's really this way. This is the dark yeah. reality. He was talking about that. So I am excited a little bit what we're going to see from Alistair Black. I didn't want to touch on that before we moved to AEW.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely some promise with this new character. Um, it, it's not silly. It's not necessarily like, um, you know something out of right field this definitely seems to be in his in his wheelhouse they they put some production value into it as they did it did even include like some animation with the thing and yeah. I'm curious to see who he's, who, who's who's gonna be his first victim who is he gonna attack uh, I'm trying to think like as far as the heel he's not gonna go after um, trying to think on Smackdown and he's he they also had it did they have on on raw or has it just been smackdown so far it's just smackdown right
0: no i think no he started on raw when he came up with okay
1: so so they're sort of you know what they're they're probably not sure where they're going to put him yet which is always a fine sign of uh long term booking um yeah and i'm trying to think like okay so Sheamus is on the other side there uh with the us belt that doesn't make much sense yeah, we'll see who he starts feuding with. It probably won't be for a belt immediately, but uh, I don't know who makes sense. Like, who would you want to see him go after?
0: Well, I think it's going to be on SmackDown because I. I, I
1: yeah, what what wrestler would you want to see him go after?
0: I'm trying to. I would like to actually. I mean, I'm trying to think someone be... well. It's going to be somebody who's going to job to him, so we have to keep that in mind. So, who's a? Big oh, you think
1: Alistair Black? You think Alistair Black would be the one to job to, or somebody no, else? No, no. Whoever's
0: going to go after him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. yeah. So, so we have to keep. I kind of want to contain it to something that's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is there anybody who's not being used right now that they can kind of? That's. I don't want to do that though. I don't want to bring someone in just to job job somebody. Yeah. So I want to do someone who's been on TV. Nakamura. That'd have to be Nakamura.
1: You're gonna get a good match.
0: Nakamura is perfect, yeah. But what, what what do you but the thing is is you just are you just Nakamura's just gonna look weak, which is unfortunate, but they could have a great matchup on, on the way. Yeah. You know, Allison Black can mm-hmm. come out there and kind of talk shit, and then Shinsuke can somehow interrupt him. Possibly he's cutting a promo live at the Thunderdome. And then Shinsuke can kind of interrupt him and you can take it from there. Yeah. You know, but what would you do to make that? Let's, let's do yeah. that. That, that well, will probably happen. That's us see the, the most obvious one. Actually. It's a great, brilliant, Look Vlad the Impaler doing Bruce Pritchard's job for him.
1: Fantasy booking right here, man. I, I learned so much from the Sherpas and the Himalayas and I'm just recharged all these ideas. And you can have a hell of a feud between Nakamura, an artist of some sort, and he is going to learn the next chapter of the book of the father from Alistair Black, and Alistair Black is going to go and make Nakamura realize he was nothing but a fake artist.
0: <laughs> Can't oh, even remember- Michael Jackson he- rip off?
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: You're not a real artist. You're not a real artist, Shinsuke. Didn't they have a connection before? Didn't they tag or something? Or am I getting something confused? I think...
1: Shinsuke Nakamura can't even say the word... uh, Shinsuke Nakamura can't even say the word thriller right.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that would be a fantastic... You'd have to do something with them where... Shinsuke looks real sympathetic. You, you got to make him a little bit more sympathetic than they've made him look. And then he yeah. kind of put on that match. But
1: yeah, did we'll see you that. see they they squeezed in a Nakamura promo as they were asking her, like who's going to win? Uh, it was like all like uh, these were all like almost cue carded sort of promos. With even Rollins did one leading so into he, the Brian and Moore. Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, just like a god. <laughs>
0: I fast-forwarded through a lot of that. I, I didn't want to see any of those people. So they're keeping Nakamura kind on TV. so That's a good thing. So well, it yeah. it, it's just good that you're seeing Aleister Black get something where he can kind of stick his his teeth into. You. Oh my god! I had garlic parmesan.
1: I, I I've been in NXT days.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, I mean, not New Japan. I, yeah, I mean, it's... it's.
1: Well, you Are you can, okay there, Mr. Valley?
0: I I had some garlic and my stomach's a little weird right now. I was having some indigestion.
1: I mean, sex is great and all, but have you ever farted away a stomach ache?
0: <laughs> yes. Not just so now, he- though.
1: Okay. Just make sure you record it if you do.
0: Well we were doing this. We started doing this podcast. I was like, oh shit, I gotta get up there. I literally texted you and I was like, okay. And I was out of bed and computer cued, sending you the invitation within like two minutes. Then I was like, shit, I gotta poop. And I had to go take a crap. That's why I
1: didn't so did, so did you crap yet?
0: Yeah, I did. That's why okay, I that's long. That's why I'm wearing this shirt because I didn't really even look to see. I was in such a rush. So I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this chic pink. Workout sweater. Wow. That may or may not be my wife's. Hey. <laughs>
1: when I think you when I think unisex, I think Silicon Steve Alley.
0: Oh man, I'm uni unisex as fuck. Yeah. That's right. So wait a minute, what is going on here? Hold on a second.
1: You tell me what's going on.
0: Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, that's what—that's our review on SmackDown and WWE. We're caught up on WWE now. I'm excited. Anything happening in the NXT world before we move on to AEW?
1: Um, you know what? Um, nothing too, too impressive other than you actually saw the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, uh, Ted DiBiase, arrived, and he's inter- interacting a little bit with Cameron Grimes. Um, the Kyle O'Reilly thing's not working for me personally. I respect him as a, as a good in-ring performer, but yeah, there's some growing pains. There's what I would say. Adam Cole cut a, a very heel promo on some new announcer. And, um, he, I, he, if memory serves me correct, he still wants a piece of Kyle O'Reilly, of course, you know, who doesn't, and then um, he wants a piece of carrying Cross, And then he sort of alluded to, like, wherever he may go. So I, I think they're, they're dabbling with the idea that, you know, here's his send-off and he might have a match or two depending on what we decide. Or, he, you know, shit, you might see him on SmackDown or Raw.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, I a lot of know. people thought that they, he was going to be on the main roster pretty quickly. So it looks like he's going to have a little bit of a farewell tour, kind of like a, a la Sami Zayn. Sammy had a couple of those matches too when he was kind of on his way out. Yeah. He kind of knew it. He had it against him. he had it against Nakamura, obviously is the more prominent one, but he had a couple. Uh,
1: that and honestly that match, that Sami Zayn, Nakamura NXT match is one of my favorite all time matches in the NXT. That yeah, that was that,
0: that was great. That NXT in general was if I remember correctly, was just really good. Yeah. So But onwards to AEW, onwards to Wednesday night. And I would say overall, this has been a little bit of a lull in AEW a little bit. Uh, Nothing crazy. I mean, it's still a decent show, but you thought they were building something. And ironically, what a great segue. Show opens with the machine Brian Cage against the number one ranked Hangman Adam Page. And we've been talking this entire time about how Hangman Adam Page... And Kenny Omega could be at your at your championship match. And hold the phone. The machine, Brian Cage, goes over Hangman clean. And that has got to drop his ranking going into this week. Let's actually check the current rankings.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Jenner gambler by any means. But if I was, I would have lost a ton of money on that match.
0: Yeah, I I thought they were on their way to, okay, this is the situation. They're booking Hangman Adam Page to be a guy who actually could beat Kenny. And then I was actually interested to see. I was like, because Brian Cage is a guy that they've always portrayed as a very tough, bad BMF. So losing to Hangman Adam Page, where it would be understandable, wouldn't do a lot for Brian Cage. So I thought that was interesting. That kind of struck me weird. But then having him win really threw me for a loop. So, hey, look, we're we're less than a month away to double or nothing, and I have no idea who Kenny's fighting. I guess Eddie Kingston now.
1: It's definitely going to be your boy Eddie Kingston. He's such a great face, you know, and he's so talented. So it's we're going to put him against not Kenny.
0: Even not even. Oh, but race. it's
1: going to happen. It's going to happen. It's you know. It's uh this is like long-term booking. The the invisible hand is going to make sure it happens. And instead of a uh, Hangman Page, who I don't know who he got on the wrong side of, but man, that they halted quickly and now you're not going to see Page against Kenny at this point. There's no way. No. There's no so, way. So, and Yeah, it's just so strange, man, because you know what, even like Brian, Brian Cage, right? Team Taz was ready to implode like two weeks ago. Now the guy that owns the FTW championship is like the number one contender. Just it's crazy to me.
0: I mean, I'll tell you what. I think Kenny and Cage, I don't know. But who who do you, I don't think Cage is going to be the guy who Omega wrestles. Who's Omega wrestling now at, at double or nothing? That's really confusing to me.
1: I think it's going to be Eddie Kin- Kingston.
0: You can't have Eddie Kingston headline another pay-per-view. I wouldn't. I don't think they would either. I would be shocked. There's no reason Eddie Kingston needs to be in another fucking main event. For him you to even have gonna... a main event in a pay-per-view is a little you
1: think? It, you think they're going to go back to Moxley?
0: No, I don't think they're doing that either. I, I don't know what they're doing, man. I have no idea. This is, and they're going to have to come up with something quick, and it's going to have to be something that starts this week, because again, we're only three. I think yeah. what is it? Just this-
1: well, this week he's wrestling. It's it's, uh, it's Omega and was it was a Takawazawa or Takanawa Michael versus. Takazawa. Yeah, I'm sorry, I totally mispronounced the guy's name, but against Kingston and Moxley.
0: Gonna be at a Kingston. That's fucked up. Yeah, That's I
1: really mean, and honestly, even that segment was just uh, that segment did nothing for me. To be honest with you, the whole like the, like one, of, it was such a crap like shot with the laptop against Kingston, and it just like uh, these guys don't even deserve to be anywhere near that world world title, even involved.
0: <laughs> I would agree, man. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean it, again, anytime Kenny Omega's in that the main event of the match, it's gonna be a good match. And Kingston, I, I've said it before, I think Kingston can put on can have a good match. Kingston by match. the
1: way, he, 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 and, and listen, I'm not I'm not doubting Kenny uh Kenny Omega's in ring prowess. But did you see any of the highlights from the uh Rich Swan match with Omega? Yes. Definitely wasn't without its botches.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, Imagine. If
1: you're going to, you
0: know. if you're going to, I'll tell you what, you're right. And what you have is two guys who are good, but haven't worked recently together at all, really. Yeah. And they're trying to do these ridiculous things and, and it failed. And it's again,
1: it doesn't, do yeah, it doesn't show you know, well,
0: Kenny. And i well, will tell you the other thing too, is, is here is, And this actually may be part and parcel to Kenny with the whole exploding ring thing. He's trying to do some really ambitious shit, whether it be in ring production, what have you. And his level of, uh, you know, all the pieces, not just him, but all the pieces around him, whether it be Rick Swan or whether it be not being comfortable with something or whether it be the production crew his ambition might be a little loftier than what can actually happen oftentimes. And I always felt that way about his matches. You know, he tries a lot. You know, back in New Japan, there were a lot of botches in New Japan.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But you kind of, I'd like to reveal, if I can, I can relate it to The Grateful Dead. For those of you listening to The Grateful Dead you will argue that, okay, there's, they'll play a song and they'll go on and on. And the first part is kind of just that repetitive, what have you. And then they try something different. They try something new musically and sometimes they fall on their face. And then there are other times there's magic created that never has been done before. Kenny is willing to do that shit and, and fail, you know, and he's going to keep on going back at it because he knows that at the end of the day, he's still going to put on a hell of a match. Um, but, you know, overall it it is, I mean, it's, I'm with you. I hear you. Yeah.
1: And I'm not, I'm not crapping on the guy at all, but it just, I think you're hitting it on the head and there's something to be said. And and listen, I don't want to see, um, Another situation where it's like WWE, where you have uh, Strowman, McIntyre, Lashley once again, and now it's a Omega just going against Eddie Kingston once again. I don't want to say that by any means either. Yeah. So no. I don't but, want to. think you're... in the
0: main event. I don't want any. Kingston yeah, in the yeah event but, event. but but okay, it,
1: there's got to be some yeah. sort of happy medium there where he's you know able to do his stuff and it's a little bit more crisp and clean. Yeah.
0: Well, certainly somebody who maybe he's more familiar with, but I thought he was that's not really an excuse though because he's been in the ring with Rick Swan plenty in his career so I you know, yeah. I don't want to use that as an excuse but hey it is what it is and uh it looked been Kenny's gotta he's getting this opportunity to be the guy and you got to start under you got to start wondering you know when is the pressure when are, when are a lot of people gonna start really coming down on, on it it's going to be the interesting point.
1: I think he and Andrade will have an incredible match.
0: That's going to be exciting, too. And I don't know what Andrade said. Because I don't speak Portuguese or whatever the hell he's speaking. But
1: you know, he speaks Spanish.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just playing the ignorance ignorant idiot role there. But but he did cut looked like a badass promo about Kenny Omega, and that's going to be great for the AAA because he's, of course, Kenny Omega's the AAA world champion too, which is pretty much the, the biggest promotion down in Mexico at this particular point in time.
1: Yeah, and, and you would know better than I, uh, the whole AAA thing, it's allowing Andrade to wrestle, say, against Omega and AEW, but also like Ring of Honor is what I understand too it sort of opens that door and even impact.
0: Yeah. I think there's something happening right now within the wrestling industry. That's not WWE where they're saying, Hey guys, we can actually probably make some real money together. And it seems like there's a lot of people talking amongst all these organizations. I mean, you have Tony Khan on impact television every single week playing like this heel, like
2: Mm -hmm. this
0: heel character the forbidden door he calls himself with Tony Schiavone kind of being his yes, man, throwing out little jabs at impact too every two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there is this sync, you know, this, this syncopated situation and happened with all the major wrestling companies right now. That is really incredible. Cause AEW doesn't need to do any of this stuff really, but they're just trying to grow the sport of professional wrestling. And it's, it's really magical. And Hey, look, we talked about the possibilities of what can happen. It's incredible. A lot of this stuff can happen, but it's incredible that people are coming together from different companies and different walks of life, different continents to make some real magic in professional wrestling.
1: That's what we're here to do. Make magic. Huh? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Look at me. Magic. Putting smiles on people's faces. That's what we do. Fuck money. Here's magic. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to need to make some money, too. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> so Tony Schiavone called it an upset and Cage knocked off the number one ranked Adam Page. Excalibur proclaimed. Then the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, and the AAA Mega Champion, AEW and Impact World Champion, Kenny Omega, are inside a limousine with Don Callis and your two favorites, your two favorite comedic wrestlers, the Good Brothers. And... Oh, yeah, they're great, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so basically they're just saying that they, they, are- they they
1: totally uh, they totally uh, um, how can I put this they totally uh, elevate Kenny Omega's image by being in that limo with him
2: <laughs>
1: yeah well, I mean they're great they're great henchmen I mean really I'm saying it with a straight face
0: well Michael, well, Michael Nakazawa one of the goons Kenny Omega's Where is you one of your goons after us and so Eddie Kingston was set up to face Michael Nakazawa, which we'll get later on. Um, remember when they
1: remember when the when the horn beeped and they all got scared.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they were in a limousine. I mean, imagine if Moxie did that one out of the limo, they'd be dead.
1: I mean, you I'm can. sure they would.
0: have it out of limo like you can't get out of a trailer.
1: According to that, shit. according to the trailer thing, they. Have been hurt at all.
0: <laughs> so you're not super impressed. Let me get the vibe here. You're really not impressed with what they're doing with Kenny Omega and the Elite so far.
1: Um, parts of it I'm okay with. Other parts, it's and I mean, you talk about insulting your intelligence on WWE. They're they're definitely insulting my intelligence with uh, with Gallows and Anderson out there. I don't know what role they serve at this point, really. Uh, young Bucks, um, cool with them being heels. I'm happy they're committing to it. It's good so with much me. Better. I'm fine with it. Can
0: we talk about that for a second? How much but, better are the Young Bucks' heels? I mean, it's, they uh, are I'm, so I'm, I'm much okay.
1: You know who I, I'll, I'll say this. I like Nick Jackson a lot better. I'm not crazy about Matt Jackson. I think he he over... Uh, emphasizes his facial uh, expressions, but ad- is what it is. I mean, every, I, I mean, even like how about this thing with the Young Bucks thing? If I'm going to go and, and nitpick, uh, how about the uh, the the switch during during the match with without the tag? I mean, are they twin brothers? All of a sudden, we're not supposed to realize that that was Matt rolling in the ring instead of Nick.
0: No, Did you catch that part real. of that match? Let's I mean, how
1: stupid was that.
0: It's an old school heat thing where the heels switch without tagging. Old school heat thing. Seriously. It, it, well, I, I don't like it. I'm I not don't saying know. it's I mean, good. It's, I'm, I'm just telling you what they went yeah. for. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying what they were going for.
1: I mean it, it just like I I would say it didn't reflect upon the referee and all that great because it was almost like he was like, oh, wait, uh, I don't know. Is that Nick Nick, or is that Matt? Uh, I don't know. And it just, it's again, an insulting, a little bit of an insulting of an intelligence uh, situation there during that match. Um, But overall, I'm happy they're heels. To me, to make it better, those two guys need, I shouldn't say those two guys, Kenny and the Young Bucks need to cut bait with Gals and anderson and actually find two more imposing kind of guys that are actually all business and don't that's just not do gonna
0: happen. they're it's not gonna they're not gonna it's, it's gonna tiresome happen. yeah i mean it might it might suck then for you because the, you're gonna get a lot of that <laughs> that's just gonna get more i think I, if you're gonna get more of that before you don't know.
1: I mean, they should just leave Gallows and Anderson on Impact. At that point, I, I don't understand what really what they're bringing to it to, to this uh, the thing. I mean, Gallows and Anderson are they're the sort of the heaters, right? Yep. Okay, so then how did Kenny Omega almost get his ankle broken? Where were they?
0: I think I probably masturbating somewhere, I would assume.
1: Probably. And then that's hilarity, right? Again, I'm suspending reality entirely with this. None of the shit makes sense that they do. And that's what's annoying about it. And again, this is surrounding the supposed greatest wrestler on the planet right now, and that's... It could be better. I'm still watching every week, don't get me wrong. I'm not just being very critical. I'm not being overly critical, but it's just those two. And I think you could do even more with the Young Bucks. And I just think they need some serious heaters around them. Where And and it might be only one guy. I mean, hell, it could be Brian Cage for all I care. Hell, Lance Archer. Hell, Lance Archer. Just rip him from the snake and just make him the heel and have him be their badass. (laughs) Jesus. Something.
0: Yeah, I mean... The good brothers are there for the long run, though, brother.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. And they are so overrated, man. I, I I have zero. Oh, look at me. I'm doing a helicopter. Yeah, I yeah that's great. And
0: they had good match. I mean, look, their run in New Japan was is what it is. But what have you done for me lately? I don't. You know, you got to give me some good matches and what have you. If you like that. They, look, they have a huge following and they're very popular. So it's a taste thing. I think with with that with you and I get it because it's low brow kind of stuff. I mean honestly.
1: Oh, it's low but it, it's low brow but I mean really like in ring talent. You think it's it's all that great like even Carl Anderson at this point. I
0: he think does Anderson, a great spine he does a great spine buster. No, Anderson's a very yeah. good. Wrestler. And Carl Anderson's a very good wrestler. Um he had a singles match with Rick Swan, and it actually was really good. Mm. Um, so Anderson can wrestle man. I will say that gallows eh, i i you know i'm i i can not defend it and and obviously the dick the dick humor is a little over the top at times obviously you know and, and you know what it's over the top it's
1: not even just them because i did watch that bta that that bte episode that you brought my attention to and it's like literally went from uh carl anderson doing a helicopter with his penis which, uh, you know, the danglies and all that, which I'm sure you were laughing at. And then they cut to the Dark Order, and it was another penis joke immediately. Oh, just penis, dark penis, order. penis.
0: Dark, a lot yeah, all- of gay- dark Order does a lot of gay jokes. A lot of gay penis jokes. Very much.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. They need 12 inches, so they gotta cut off the guy's penis. I gotta, yeah. It's, just, so I mean, it's, the it's Young Bucks- sort of one-dimensional at this point.
0: The Young Bucks finished the Sidell Brothers off of the BT Trigger and then SCUs, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels comes out. They have been absolutely on an absolute roll on Dark and any other show that's not Dynamite. And so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> where nobody sees them.
0: Yeah, but I, I hear say, I hear tell that they're really doing well. So, Kazarian came out and cut a really good promo, I felt. Um, new, you know, basically comes out. Paints the picture really well for those people who did not know for about five months now. Frankie Kazarian said, "The next time we lose, we're breaking up SCU, and you yep. look at the Bucks like they're not their friends. Their attitude suck, and now we're going to take the belts away. So you're setting it up where the young Bucks appropriately are going to end, probably in many ways, SCU, and then the beginning of the Thank God. Of Daniels' Daniels's career." <laughs>
1: That's awesome. And, and you know what? They're going to get more heat for it. I'm cool with that heat. I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, what's strange even with the SCU thing. They don't even touch upon the whole thing about uh, Scorpio Sky, not even like acknowledging them in the hallways at
0: this point. Yeah, that's something you know? that... It's interesting how you, they that story was never told. They could have done something with it, you know what I mean? But they might not have wanted to. It. It's like, hey, look, we, we can tell that story later. You know, and they might. They still might. And Yeah. No. who knows in fact maybe who knows maybe at some for some reason maybe, do you think that the all ego evan page and scorpio has something to do maybe not cause the match because aew doesn't like do that you know book their title matches that way but does scorpio sky and them come out and beat up scu ah, maybe probably not
1: no i i just think that i think the you they're not going to steal that heat away from the young bucks and you and I have discussed it. I, I like, I like, I like Kazarian and I think he's, he's a great in ring performer. He's, he, he's like, how can I put this? He's what Rob, Bob, Robert Roode or Bobby Roode should be. And isn't given the opportunity to, and Kazarian has the ability to be on the mic, cut a good promo, put on a great match. I really enjoyed his match against Christian cage. Um, and he's been around forever, and he keeps on going. And he is easily, you know, after Scorpio Sky, as far as like if he were still part of SU, but it seems like they've sort of imploded, and they don't want to acknowledge the fact that their buddy's now with um, Evan Page, the stretch with the knee. Yeah, Evan Scorpio Page. Sky's new partner.
0: All ego, Evan Page. What's that? All ego. Evan yeah, yeah Page. Evan Page. Yeah was it, Ethan Page?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's an obvious thing. They're getting rid of Christopher Daniels, uh, starting to work him out of this mix here. So. Well,
0: he's two and that's good,
1: because it's sort two of stale.
0: Christopher Daniels is two days old and the dirty sleeps on him. So. He's like 50-something years old. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's going into the sunset with that situation. And you'll probably have him and... Perhaps he and Kazarian break up, and then Kazarian ends his career. That might be the way it goes. It
1: actually happen. Um, but yeah, overall, you're going to have the scenario where it, it, the Young Bucks are going to have SCU's careers as a tag team on their mantle, and that's just going to add to their heat.
0: Yeah, I know. It's brilliant. So. I, mean, I think it's a, it's a great book and job, and also they're really good friends, so it's kind of like letting their friends do the honors. You know what I mean? And it and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it puts it makes sense because it gives the Bucks that much more heat. They really are committed. Because I was a little worried, and I think you were too, that they were going to be kind of wishy-washy with how much of heels they're going to be. And for them to totally commit to being the heels that they are, it's it's been a much more entertaining situation. Uh we move on to nice Jade Carl will continue to promote her. She is definitely Obviously, we know the star of On the Rise, and she is that bitch. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, I heard a rumor about it, yeah. Very much so. She is very much that bitch. That led us to Zedo and Miedo with my new favorite manager in AEW, Alex Abrahantes, against Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy with Trent. Yeah, can we? I don't know. Yeah, we can talk about that.
1: After his name. I don't get it. Like, wh- why is there any doubt as to who he is at
0: this point? I think it's just something to be silly, and they're doing it. That's the one thing that you get with AEW. You're going to get a lot of silliness that you kind of wish maybe there was Vince there saying, "Nah, that's not that good." I don't get
1: it. because yeah. even the announcers when they did it two weeks ago, they're like, "What's up, what's up with this effing question mark?" Here?
0: Trent, Well, well, to, well even... I don't know if you heard how I introduced them. That's how you have to say it. Trent? Go ahead, do it.
1: Justin Robert. Trent? Trent?
0: Trent? 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 <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Anyways, they're continuing this feud between Death Track, which is interesting because Death Track were baby faces like three weeks ago. And now they're... Heels. I'm a little confused because I really want to like the Death Triangle, but now they're feuding with best friends who everyone loves. So what are we doing here? They
1: don't know what the hell they're doing. Honestly, like they're they're back and forth, and it just it all depends. I mean, look at it. It depends on whether or not Penta and uh, Abrahantes comes out. If that's <laughs> if they're coming out, it's a it's a heel thing.
0: Are they heels? It, it's. If,
1: yeah, and you know what? I'll say this. Abrahantes has is exactly what AEW needs. Him being a translator and him doing his pentas says and how he locks in, and it's like he is getting glee and joy saying that on his... It is one of the high points for me for the show at this point. Love the guy.
0: Yeah, he's great. He, fantastic. So, yeah, he yeah it's great. It it's just bigger, a evil yeah. translator. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, he loves telling you something awful, and it just he he feeds off it. It's just great.
0: I'd like to see them have another translator in there and trying like a straight man, and being like, "Do you really want me to say that?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Um, he says that. um Uh, I. He says that he thinks your dad wasn't a good wrestler. Isn't his dad Dusty Rhodes? (laughs) (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he's doing great. But yeah, I don't know what they're doing with that. I'm not in love with that particular scenario. I would have actually preferred Death Triangle fucking with the Elite a little bit, setting up Pac and Kenny. That's what I would have liked to see.
1: I would, I'd totally be on board of that, man. I, I would have loved to see that myself because Pack and Kenny is going to be an incredible match.
0: Yeah, and it's for the title, and it's something that you, you know, you would also maybe have maybe a
1: rematch between the, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And they already had a match of the year candidate yeah. uh, in twenty, so
1: and. Yeah, and hell, man, you could have put the Lucha Brothers against the Young Bucks and maybe gotten a little something out of that, especially when they're going to go and draw back on Adam Page. It's something to do.
0: So Tony Schiavone goes to Britt Baker backstage earlier in the day, and Britt Baker continues. I love how she has completely made a logical case for why she should be the number one ranked contender to face you know, he says, I am the profound, respected, and logical wins, losses, ranking. I think it's time we remind our champion why I'm the face of the women's division. So, obviously, we're full speed ahead with Dr. Britt Baker becoming the AEW Women's Champion. She super deserves it. So, it looks like that. It's time. Are you ready for – so, what do you, you think about Dr. Britt Baker before we get into the parlay between the inner circle and the pinnacle? Uh,
1: she is a very good character. She's really evolved nicely. Wasn't always a big fan of her. uh character for years to come, and and I also like Rebel with her. Um, oh, Rebels, a, yeah. Rebels, good. Yeah, it, it's just a good. It's a good twosome right there. So yeah, I'm digging that.
0: She's awesome. Rebels having the time of her life out there. Every time she's on camera, you can just tell she's really enjoying the hell out of herself. Mm-hmm. You know, putting doing whatever it is, she's always very comedic. So I, I love that dynamic. Ever since she's been part of, it. so here, the parlay, the inner circle me, parlay.
1: Well, let me interrupt one thing real quick. So, uh, there's rumors, and I and I'll go that route. Rumors that we are going to probably see Tessa Blanchard at AEW. On a um, tour where, and like what they're saying is that the storyline will be uh, one of redemption from what happened. I guess she said, she said some off color sort of remarks and stuff like that. Um, uh, and got pseudo in trouble canceled. for
0: it. Yeah, she got pseudo canceled. She said some racially insensitive things from what I hear.
1: So if she comes back as a face, that could immediately mean that she might die. Shit, oh, man, you
0: crapping out. You there, dude? Oh, there you
1: go. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You hear me?
0: Yeah. yeah. You 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 crapped out the last.
1: Yeah. So what I said was like, you you may have a situation where if Tessa Blanchard comes to AW and has a sort of face sort of moment where she is on a tour of redemption, um, she can immediately approach Britt Baker for some sort of program. I don't know if it would be for the title immediately, but but those two I could see going at it pretty, uh, uh, pretty well. I think that would be a hell of a feud.
0: Absolutely. And Tessa Blanchett should be at the very least thrown into some kind of main program i mean this is the was the baddest woman on the planet so to speak for a hot time there before her issue. i mean she's beating guys in the main event at an impact
1: she was an impact world champion
0: yeah she actually won a main event at a pay-per-view you know what i mean so this woman was really doing some amazing things and look her father's in aew it could mm-hmm. it definitely is something that could work She's too talented not to let her back in and WWE is probably too big for her right now in terms of bringing that kind of baggage in WWE probably wants to steer clear of that. And they don't really need her either. At this point in time, they would only be getting her as AEW couldn't get her that I'm I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, she's going to need to redeem herself because she said some pretty crappy things. So that's good. And it certainly will help. You know, you can see the yeah. AEW women's division really becoming something that we haven't seen in a while. A lot of interesting things happen in the women's division, and again, you got to get Britt Baker the title, and then you're really cooking with grease. So, hey, you got to give them credit where credit's due. We killed them for a, well over a year about their women's division. It's really starting to see some fruits of a lot of labor coming into play. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Tony Schiavone's in the ring before both came out. And then the pinnacle obviously came out first. And Sean Spears came out. He said Jericho is talking to the rest of the inner circle. Not James. Jericho is leading you into deep water. And then Sammy Guevara said, Spears, I don't believe you. Ever since you came in AEW, you've been a failure. May 5th, you're going to fail again. I'm going to fight everybody. You want the advantage, you've got it. So Sammy Guevara is being the tough guy. And what were your thoughts? Instead of going through, what were your thoughts on this parlay overall?
1: Well, first off, I I was pronouncing it the way you did, too, because of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. They refer to it. it's Parley, which which threw me for a loop. Uh,
0: par- parley?
1: Yeah, Parley. It's weird, right? It doesn't even sound right, but it's Parley with a long E at the end. Oh. oh, okay. Weird, right? Yeah, you learn something every day. but And it just caught me off guard. So Parley, which doesn't sound as cool as Parley. Right? I
0: agree. I lo- Maybe yeah. it, was Fran- it sounds more French that way.
1: Yeah, and in in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, they definitely say party. It's like, okay.
0: I actually never saw one of those movies.
1: All right. So I'm taking my advice from freaking fake. Uh, You know what? The first one's really good, and that's where you can stop. That's what I would recommend.
0: All right. Sounds cool. I will check it out.
1: I'm sure you'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, you will not. You'll never watch it, you liar. So um, <laughs> basically. Lucky,
0: you're lucky, you're lucky uh, I watched fucking the Raw highlights, buddy.
1: I know. And there's no way you're going to work in parts <laughs> of the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, so this Parley thing, I was a little bit surprised. Why would Sammy Guevara agree to go and give up the advantage right away? Like, who the hell talked this kid? I,
0: I think it's one of the first yeah. of I think it's a way to make it look like that, you know, what's the old expression that he used to say more guts than brains. Right. So I think it was one of those things. So you don't have to worry about a coin toss or anything. We just, it's always good. The heels are usually going to get the early advantage. Right. So they just, I guess, pass that whole situation away where we're not even going to give you the guess. We can have the advantage. You know what I mean? So maybe they're doing it that way. I don't know. But you're right, it doesn't make sense. Why would you set right. that up? You know. Yeah. They do come out of the baby yeah. face tunnel now. So if you come out of the baby face tunnel, you are dumber. It,
1: it is an intelligent test, and you're failing it if you walk walking up that tunnel. And then uh, <laughs> dumbass yeah, baby yeah. faces. <laughs> and then like um, yeah, there's Spears, I don't know what he's even out there for at this point, you know, other than changing his hair color. It's just he's out there to lose, I'm assuming. Um, exactly, <laughs> and it's so goddamn true. Um, and then, yeah, as we watch this parlay, um, is another good moment for me for Jericho. I think he was on fire at the end there. Um, uh one of his better promos uh was it a week ago you and I were like eh hey, it wasn't a great one but two weeks ago he had a good one so it's like he's been up and down a little bit but, but you got instinct saying like who do you think is going to win this uh this uh blood and guts thing which is basically a glorified war games is my understanding
0: Yeah it, that's exactly what it is um what what do you think of MJ's pr- portion of his promo though as well
1: Oh, it was good. It was good. I, I thought it was good. I mean, MJF is gold, man. He's like the the cornerstone like listen, I understand like you love Kenny. I, I'm a fan of Kenny. You love the Bucks. I admire them. I, I know what they're there for, but to me AEW I really focus in I like I, I like the backbone, the cornerstone there of MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. To me, that's like a great um three guys that you can really start building um that company around. And they, they have worlds of talent and MJF is the cream of the crop amongst them. He's so incredible, man. On the mic in the ring, he's incredible. He's a very good beyond serviceable um uh, uh dude in the ring himself and and honestly he is a heel cloth as your Pipers of the world. Um, guys was, like oh that. Yeah. It just he he fits the suit. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, Jay, and he fits the suit. Piper man. is his biggest really influence. Piper is easily MJF's biggest influence. He has yeah. said it. I've seen a couple interviews. It's weird. He stays in his character, right? But he also gives respect, and you can tell he's a student of professional wrestler. Yeah. You know. He's yeah. going to tell you everything and he, about Roddy Piper. He knows everything about Roddy. He knows more about Roddy Piper than anyone. You know, the guy's, he's a mark for Roddy Piper. That's all you can say. About it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought it was interesting his yeah, yeah, turn on
1: yeah, it. And
0: it's, yeah. I was going to say, because I thought it was interesting his, his take with Chris Jericho is that he said something to the effect, like if you don't hit a home run every time you go after, you're taking food out of, out of the mouths of the people in this company which I thought was an interesting kind of going back to what you were saying, how Jericho is up or down and MJF kind of came out and said, if you don't hit a home run, it's a big F up and he looks tired. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, um, it's almost like the old Yeller syndrome with, uh, with Jericho at this point, he, you know, Hey, listen, you know, he's, he's in better shape than 90% of the people I know, but, Going and smooth as he once was, he's very good on the mic still, but he's not necessarily has the looks of an MJF, a Sammy Guevara. It's just, you know, Father Time is undefeated, and eventually Jericho is going to have to realize that. And um, MJF going that route, um, that one cuts to the core. It's the truth. And yeah. Jericho Hall going back to to WCW Nitro so and every wrestler has to cross that bridge and realize uh, I've gone from being relevant and with the times here to being almost a shell of myself and maybe a little bit of a joke
0: I think that's what this blood and guts is going to do it's going to I, I actually think that you're going to see the inner circle reign supreme in this match.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the faces win on this one.
0: But I think the big story is going to be does MJF eventually if not retire Jericho or maybe initially retire Jericho and then Jericho does you know, maybe he's just commentary. Even though I I don't like three guys typically even yeah, I don't know if I like. Four. I definitely like four. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to do that, but is that something that we'll see I, 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 later? In Jericho's. Yeah, early? I'd love.
1: I'd love to see Jericho replace Jr. To be honest
0: with you. Well, then you could always have. Oh, so would I. That's not going to happen. Sure. Now, no one. That's what I'm saying. None of the three that are on there right now are going to be discarded, unfortunately, unless they have portions like they did with. Nitro, They used to have Zabisco come out and then they had Heenan come out. Yeah. But I don't know. But I don't know. I I, I definitely think that that the inner circle is going to win this one, but I think the war will be won by... Pinnacle. The Pinnacle, for sure. So, then we have Eddie Kingston beat up Michael Nakazawa and then... Kind of heelish, but... That's kind of what Kingston is. They, uh, Omega came out and they got him in a situation where they were going to break his ankle with a chair until unless Cal's agreed to the match that you allude to earlier, Omega and Nakazawa against Eddie Kingston, your favorite, and then, of course John Moxley <laughs> next week. Which I, I, I guess you're setting up Eddie Kingston and Omega, and that is the only thing that they I, that makes sense. And that's I don't know. I'm kind of depressed about that.
1: Yeah, I don't like you and I are trying to book our way out of it. And I don't think there's any way. I think they painted themselves in a corner here. No,
0: no, I did. There's no, what, what, unless you do something of, of the now, there's nothing you can do. I'm, there's nothing that I could see that they could put together in three weeks. Now, the only thing I, like I said, the only thing I could see is if Pac continued what they were doing. But now that they're kind of on the heel side of things again. And it doesn't look like that's the case. So yeah. That's what it looks like. We're gonna find out later on tonight. It's a waste. Now we're gonna find out later on tonight, though. Check it out. Taz was then interviewed backstage with Siobhan and you know, Christian Cage walked out and basically said, talk a big game. I will not leach, allow you leech off and of may hopefully work not too late they'll realize so basically cage is saying I'm not gonna be part of Team Taz. Sound not a shocker. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm not super – I it seemed like there was a little bit of a possibility there for a hot second, but not much. Chris Statlander beat Penelope Ford. De- I, decent match. Not, and, I, again, I love Penelope Ford. Statlander gets another victory. Another good example of the women's division getting a little bit more steam. And then it's time. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait! Oh, a second. Uh, I gotta, I gotta take you to task on this one. The Statlander Penelope Ford match was a botch fest. Oh, was it? Yes, I watched the whole thing. It was I don't. And all of a sudden, we're cramming oh, everything. For? Was
0: it Penelope or was it?
1: Um, they both botched, honestly, from what I recall. Yeah, it was. Just, it wasn't a good match, really.
0: Were the boxes the only reason it was a bad match, or was it just it wasn't put together well, and it wasn't?
1: Um, all of the above. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, it was one of the ones where I was like, I, I consider sending you a text during it, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to fire you. Oh man, that sucks! I, like I, the, saw, the,
0: I saw the finish, and,
1: okay. and, and and I saw yeah, the finish. Yeah, I, I just it wasn't a good match, from what I recall.
0: Ah, the finish was okay. Now went for that handspring elbow. That was not there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right, well, I'll just edit that. I'll just edit my complimenting it out there. All right, time for the trio's tag team. That's Nightmare Family: Natural Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and Lee Johnson. Versus the factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camerato, and of course, Anthony Agogo on the outside. And this set up the Cody Rhodes return. And Cody came out, kicked the shit out of QT, and gave him a figure. For, and they worked their fight all the way out to the butt to a top of the bus, the big. Nightmare Factory, well, it wasn't Nightmare the Bus, it was the Factory Bus and gave him a figure four leg look on top of it and that's how he made his return. I, I it sounds like we we're really shitting on AEW, but I, you know, I, I don't, this hasn't moved my needle at all.
1: It was a stupid segment. It was a stupid segment, let's be honest. It really was. I, I mean, honestly, what's that
0: i might have fast forward a good portion of this
1: see like there you go and honestly it was just stupid because the whole setup of the match was stupid the whole qt marshall um basically um he he basically was getting his ass kicked they his buddies go and get him out of out of trouble. Oh, uh, I got to give you this one, Cornet. Mind about um, uh, about Neanderthal Bob Ross. Uh, he referred to him as uh, Hercules Hernandez without any of the talent.
0: Yeah, I could definitely that. I can see that. <laughs>
1: yeah, so you still uh, young. But, I mean but, the- but
0: that's a great. <laughs> I don't buy that. I don't. I don't doubt it. Look, Courtney definitely has a point there.
1: <laughs> and then and then um the uh, the um what's his name um the go go gut punches them trying to get these over like left and right like these are game changers like <sighs> like I could see if they're gonna go and punch somebody in the face uh, or in, in the head and he you know dare i say he has hands of, but some I don't know I like I, how are you gonna get a body blow over really? And um, but then th- let me put it this way. The the mountain, the mountaintop, the pinnacle, if you will, of stupidity during the segment was QT Marshall walking back to the stolen bus that, you know, uh, appears with, you know, and as he's walking to it, we can see Cody waiting in the window. And QT has to like pretend as if he doesn't see Cody waiting for him. <laughs> Did you catch that at all?
0: I did not. That's funny. You got
1: to go watch that part of it because it's so produced poorly. Cody's just like hanging out in the window like, and he's waiting. And you can see it from the camera angle. Shivani actually, it was so obvious. Shivani's like, hey, that's Cody. And next thing you know, Cody opens up the door and then he starts kicking the shit out of QT Marshall, drags him upstairs because... Hey, you know what? A figure four on top of a bus is is so much more painful than a figure four on the concrete, of course, right? Yeah. So we have this whole grand grand thing, and honestly, conversations about Cody where we just don't understand what the hell is going on with him. What is this all about? Is he committed to this?
0: Yeah. And where is he going to go? We've talked about it. What's he going to do? He yeah, fight for the. He can't really go after Darby Allen at this point in time. He can't go after. I mean, what, what's Cody Rhodes? What's the point of Cody in this anymore? Seriously, so I don't if, know. It's a fair question, folks. And, and then, and the reality is, is, if I'm beating up on AEW, you know, there's something wrong. Hell is frozen. I'm a guy, Silicon Steve Valley calls it right down the damn middle, and I'm, I've been calling an AEW homer. Well, I challenge anyone to watch, listen to this podcast, this episode, and call me an AEW homer. How great is Miro and Kip, by the way? Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he, he finally snapped. Like, what, what did Kip think was going to happen in that moment? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like Hasn't he been watching the last two weeks?
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Actually, what was also announced. Mox is going to defend the U.S. Championship, the New Japan U- U.S. Championship, against Yuji Nagata, which there's no chance in hell Nagata wins that match, just if you know Nagata. If it was somebody like Kenta, or who we already wrestled, but someone like him or someone like... You know, it would have been nice to see someone like Ishii or Suzuki, somebody like that. That would have been cool. You know, but Nagata's,
1: yeah, like, good. Nagata.
0: Nagata's good, though. I'm not going to shit up.
1: Nagata's him. like 50-something years old, isn't
0: he? Yeah, I think it's just a legend thing. I don't know if he's that old, but Jesus, he might be. He's still right. Re- he's been wrestling for New Japan, so he's been out there. But I don't think he's I think, that
1: old. Uh, I, 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 be- I, I believe he wrestled on Nitro. Got to research this. How old is the man?
0: Fifty-three impaler is on fire tonight. Oh my god, yeah, man.
1: He's old. He- I'm doing my re- Silicon so Valley. Yeah. I've been doing my I, I've been I, I've been on my pilgrimage pilgrimage with these Sherpas. I've been doing my research. I see this Nagata guy. I'm like, how old is this dude? Fifty three.
0: I thought it was somebody different. He looks great. Look great. He does not look 53. I'll tell you that much. He looks fantastic. But
1: he's going to leave a gorgeous corpse.
0: Suzuki, Suzuki is, Menahiro Suzuki looks very old and he's very old too. He's been around the block too. But so it's okay. I would have preferred him. If you were going to give some shine to a Japanese legend, again, Ishii or Suzuki would have been my choice, but what have you. Still exciting, nonetheless. We talked about it. Miro ambushed Kip Sabian, and I, I, is it really is Miro just mad at him because he hasn't been around and he hasn't returned his phone calls? Is that really why he attacked him? I,
1: yeah, I don't get it. It's like they didn't seem to be too pleased with each other anyway. They had the whole arcade thing, and you know we all know how that ended. And Miro can't let bygones be bygones, so.
0: I'll tell you what thing Miro doesn't never putting him with Sabian to begin with was a little ridiculous. Um, no. Yeah, it
1: didn't make sense.
0: So I think it was just a way to introduce Miro, and I guess because Miro one thing he's always been told is that you're at your best if you're if you're your if your character is yourself turned up to an eleven. That's the thing Stone Cold always said, and I guess some of these fucking guys think that video gaming is cool and that should be part of your thing. I don't think that's what Stone Cold had in mind. Nope. I'm a video game, ooh, you're a gamer, ooh. You know, that's not what Stone Cold was thinking when you're an 11, turn yourself to 11. It's like, oh my gosh, this is my stamp collection. I'm gonna show you my stamp collection. I'm gonna stamp the hell out of you. I'm gonna stamp you out. Because I have a stamp collection. (laughs) I don't think that would be good for your character. No, no I can stamp people out. Dude, if you see my stamp collection, it's great. It's part of who I am. Woo!
1: Anyway. It's a valid... It's a, You know what? Like Everybody's going to say how sarcastic that is. However, you're totally right.
0: Yeah. Eh? So then, finally, and I didn't really... This match didn't grab me. The... F- Final segment of the night, or the final match of the night TNT Darby Allen again defending the TNT title. All right, I get it. You're trying to make him a fighting champion, but can we do we have to have Darby Allen every single week? Main eventing, too. It's like the third or fourth week in a row, isn't it?
1: Right, so. third and fourth week, and 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 honestly, like, listen, I like Darby, I think he's a hell of a talent. But again, it's another Dark Order match. Dark Order's everywhere, and and I know you're, they're your boys and stuff, but, like, enough is enough. Like, they don't have to be involved in the main event.
0: How did uh, 10 come off for you?
1: Um, Generic. There's probably 10 10s on the AEW ro- uh, roster, if you ask me. There's nothing I, that stands 10. out about him. The
0: 10. Ooh, top. You know what? They really should have just brought in Sean Spears and he should be number
1: ten. I mean really, I and mean, they could have taken off the mask and then done that. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. I like um Yeah, I, I just uh, and, and here's another thing too. It's like Darby's a face, right? Overall. Yes. So it's, it's not me for me to you know, that's not a reach. But then they have 10 go and do this Brody Lee promo which is now drawing the, the audience to his being a face and a sympathetic face at that. So I don't understand the psychology of this ring and what this match and what you're trying to go and build here. A little bit strange for
0: me. You know what I think they were doing? I think they were just trying to showcase 10 We knew he had no chance in hell beating the Darby Allem this match. I think it was a way for them to try to showcase that because they think that this guy has a very bright feature given his size and his ability to cut a promo is actually not bad. So I think they look at this guy as a young guy who can be talented, especially in AEW. If you're a guy his size in AEW, you can really be something. Let's be honest. So um, size in AEW is not as common as it is in WWE. So I think that it was a way to give reason. Why would number 10 even get a title shot? Because if you're not watching dark or one of those, one of the darks, you really have no idea. I mean, I didn't know he was a top five contender in AEW. Did you?
1: No, not until that match. No.
0: So I think it was just a way for them to give 10 a little bit more than just, if you weren't watching one of the secondary YouTube shows, you don't know who 10 is. I think it was a way for you to get background on them. The people who watch it uh, dynamite every week but don't watch the secondary shows. It was a background on him. And I thought they did a good job with that. I thought that that promo with him, you know, talking about how he was handpicked by Brody Lee, I thought that was a great job of getting his character over. And look, Dark Water are baby faces right now. And at the end of the night, they they were they all still are baby faces, you know. Um, we obviously know Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page came in and jumped. In and they beat it beating down to Darby Allen and then, of course, Lance Archer and 10 then ran off Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky with Sting and again Sting and Darby Allen closing the show, and that's that for so, uh, and, uh,
1: and on that note, we're looking at Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in a tag team match against Darby Allen and Sting, obviously, right? Probably at the pay-per-view. And it's funny too. It's like they're trying to get Ethan Page over, and um, he goes out there with Scorpio Sky, and uh, he's got boating shoes on and a pair of shorts, as if he just came in from the yacht club. Yeah. Like what an what an effing joke. Seriously, like take your job seriously, uh, dress for it. Dare I say? Um, I mean, Jesus, like it, it just it was a, it was a stupid presentation, really. Like, you're ending the show, and and you're holding Darby Allen as uh, Sting is basically in pain, and you you got a pair of boating shoes on like you just got off your goddamn yacht.
0: (laughs) I don't like those loafers either that... The Rock used to rock. I mean, it was okay because The Rock Yeah. So, a lot of wrestlers have been rocking lately. What's his name? Uh, Obviously, the guy who kind of looks like The Rock. The kid from from Team Taz, Ricky Starks, absolute Ricky Starks. He wears those kinds of shoes as well.
1: I didn't pick up on those. I'll I, I definitely pay attention, but I, it just it stuck out for me with Ethan Page. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what's all these boating loafers that he has? I'm like, he just came in from the Atlantic Ocean uh, from the port of Jacksonville. He's like, oh, look at me. It's like, <laughs> like yeah, you know, has, this is that rock club. The Rock
0: had the same look <laughs> for a hot second. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe it's his homage to the rock, but it's just I'm like I it's just but weird. Ethan like Page, yeah. Scor like Scorpio Sky looks like he just he like he snuck into the place almost like a terrorist with his like hooded sweatshirt and all this. And then you have Ethan Page who just came in from the yacht club after having mimosas.
0: <laughs> oh man, I do miss mimosas in my drinking days. Uh, I know
1: they listen.
0: taste like shit. They taste like shit actually, unless it was mostly Yeah, it's, it's
1: overrated and you're better without it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. I got other things to attend to. But anyway, so that was AEW this week. Not their best. They've not been put shelling out great episodes recently. I have to be honest. You can make the argument that SmackDown's been the better show the last couple weeks.
1: That's a fair statement, I'd say. I mean, and not trying to be overly critical, but it's just certain things that it's a little repetitive on certain things. And and it just, the Cody (sighs) and... what's his name, the uh, Cody feud with uh, JT Marshall here, uh, just uh, there's some stupidity involved that it's just so over the top that it, it irks me and I don't know what the hell Cody's doing anymore like he's a, he's an executive vice president of this thing, does he even give a shit, like what's going on here
0: I think he just has a lot of coals on the fire, he's having a baby and he, honestly I don't think his star power is as great as he thinks he is, I really don't I mean, right now I don't give a shit about Cody Rhodes. It's just the way it is. I don't care about his character. I don't care. Cutie Marshall turned on him. You know.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, I would say emotionally speaking, if you looked at the AW fan base, had anybody connected to the Bullet Club, the Elite, whatever you want to call them, he's probably in the lowest rung of the ladder after uh, Adam Page. Yeah, and and by and by far.
0: Yeah. I would definitely say that.
1: And he's and he's Dusty
0: Rhodes kids. Like wh- well, he just hasn't put in the time on television to, to build his character. And he's yeah. pigeonholed his character. I mean, he and the funny thing was when he was cooking originally in the original, you know, the first six months or first four or five months of Dynamite, Cody was killing it. He was killing it. He did the whole thing with Max. He did the whole, I mean, he did great. But ever since he took that little leave, really since after since he won the A, the TNT Championship, it's really been downhill since then. Let's be real. Yeah, he was in the he was right. in that ladder match, but he, sh- and he should and he have won that he, match. He,
1: yeah, and even the way they presented him on AEW, like Dynamite, like it was like he got interrupted by uh, Jade Cargill. He got interrupted by. Lance Archer. He got he got interrupted by like three different people like and this is like an EVP and he got interrupted by Penta was another one. Remember that? Sting! Drew like,
0: interrupted him!
1: Sting! And, and okay, so what? you're the guy, you're the EVP that everybody can go and just interrupt and there's no, nobody's going to pay any receipts for that? Like, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something we're planning with Cody to, to, to get going here, but there's gotta be because it's really just You know, because here's the thing the nightmare fan, the nightmare family against the factory, the factory of the underdogs, there's no stars in the factory. No, no stars. Anthony Agogo is the closest thing, and he's not a star yet. And they're the underdogs. I'm supposed to root for badass Billy Gunn and Cody and other guys who have been there over these guys who never got a shot or they're young and up and comers. I mean, they're the underdogs. I'm rooting for them. I don't care. betrayal, snail. So Cody's got to write in that ship with his character and what he's doing. That's just that simple. And maybe it happens after this feud or maybe this feud inspires something. But as of right now, and, and I just don't see it with Cody. I don't, I don't like him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not taking any of this. Like I I don't think it's even like worth TV time on Dynamite. It's nothing intriguing. Uh listen, as you mentioned, all right, Cody's faction, it's Cody, which he's barely there. It's his brother Dustin, and and honestly, Dustin is is wrestling at a level probably greater than he's ever wrestled, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I necessarily want to see him each and every week. In the right position? Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm willing to see it because he is, he's really, he, especially even considering his age and, and the shape that he's in, it's impressive. I'll give it to him, but better in small doses, badass Billy gun, similar thing. And then you go and look at the other faction and what is it? Like, honestly, none of these guys are ready. No. You know, I, I saw an interview that, um, or, or read an interview where I guess Jericho was talking about the original plan for the inner circle.
0: Yeah.
1: And the original plan was what a go a, a go instead of Sammy Guevara was one of the main ones.
0: I thought it was instead of Hager.
1: Oh, maybe Hager. Yeah. Um, oh, and it was MGAF instead of Guevara.
0: Yeah. Which we already knew. That was already something yeah. that was already said. But I didn't yeah. know a go go. And the reason that he wanted, his, uh, he wanted Hager over was because in a shoot situation, I guess overseas, Hager saved Jericho's life, got his back, and something, and got Jericho out of a spot. I think that's what was said. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, somebody, uh, somebody wanted to put a bounty on him.
0: Yeah, so good for Hager. You know, it, very cool how that worked out. And obviously, I think it worked out. MJF definitely should not have been playing the Sammy Guevara character. But that's been no. Hard. So no. it was very smart whoever. Decided against that. I don't know if it was MJF or, or who it was, but it was a very, very smart move to put MJF on his own, and now you know he's headed yep. one of the biggest factions in the company. So, with some fans so true. Back. So we're gonna next time we get in with you, we're gonna talk about Macho Man Randy Savage. How about that, Impaler?
1: I'm looking forward to that um that documentary, and I'm also looking forward to touching base about the Roddy Piper one, which was a great one. Um, So, yeah, we have some interesting things to discuss. I'll definitely get more into my uh, time in the Himalayas with the Sherpas and just them. What,
0: What is this? Did you really go to the Himalayas?
1: I certainly did. And luckily, I had Silicon Steve Valley's corporate card and didn't have to pay for one single cent of it. So I got there. I went and enlightened myself. And I'm absorbing wrestling knowledge like you wouldn't believe right now.
0: I have Himalayan sea salt.
1: And I I was there where they produce it and it's an incredible thing. It's almost like going to the Guinness plant in Ireland. But not as interesting.
0: I'll say that. Especially if you don't do the Irish accent. That's probably the big
2: Well unless you
0: do the Irish accent about the salt. Hitting the very good heroes of the Himalayas. I don't know. I don't think (laughs) Irish guy. Why the we have why to is a leprechaun we, 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 talking to me about the Himalayans? Is
1: the question. Yeah, why is Seamus here, and why is he selling me salt?
0: Stella, get some Himalayan salt, Stella.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, but in all seriousness, we will uh, definitely be discussing some of these uh, documentaries, and um, you know, it, um, also hope, hoping that Raw can improve. And I hope to see a, a much better like um, uh, situation with the RKO, RK bros especially right now. They are, to me, the top-notch thing on Raw, above and beyond Lashley, McIntyre, Strowman. anything else you want to throw there. Vince, if you stumble upon this podcast, I am begging you to keep those two together. I am begging you, because this is gold. Not yeah, since Lethal Weapon, have we not seen a, a, a buddy cop movie like this and we could see it on a weekly basis?
0: Yeah, please, it's, Vince. it's writing itself right as we speak. And we talked about it, Riddle yeah. has that ability. Riddle has you can make him entertaining in any way, shape, or form, so it's a really good thing we got going on. So we'll yeah. see SmackDown, too. We'll see the continuation of Cesaro and, and Roman. And then, yeah, AEW got to start kicking up the gears a little bit. They're struggling a little bit right now, it seems. But even though the ratings are over a million every week, so they got that going for them.
1: Yep, that's definitely it, for sure.
0: All right, well, that's all we got for this week. We're going to – get. well, hold on a second. That's all we got for this episode of High Spots and Cheap Pops with – Vlad, the Impaler, yours truly, Silicon Steve Valley. Vlad, what else do you got? Anything? you have anything else?
1: Uh, The New York Yankees beat the cheating Houston Astros tonight, so that makes me smile. And the 10,000-plus New York Yankee fans there were as loud as can be and started chanting cheater to Jose Altuve as he was hitting in his final at bat. And it was a thing of beauty because those guys are scumbags. 1,000%.
0: 1,000%. Thank you. And on that note, we'll talk to you guys later. It's Silicon Steve out for Flat the Impeller. This is High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. We'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you for listening, and check us out on Facebook. And please subscribe to us here on Spotify.